Coming to you from high atop our studios in the San Francisco Bay Area, you're listening to Tech Move. This is episode 44. In today's show, we talk about TV monitors from Sony. And to go along with those TVs, we review a couple different universal remotes from Harmony. We also discuss the Panasonic GH4, the GH5, and the GH5S. All that plus so much more. I'm Rod Louie. And with me is Keith Moreau. Get ready. It's time for another exciting episode of Tech Move. Let's go! Well, welcome to a yet another episode of Tech Move. It is episode 44, as we said in our intro. And as our uh, beautiful introductory intro <laughs> states, I am Rod Louie, and with me is Keith Moreau. Keith, how are you today? I'm very good. Very good. Well, you how know what? You? I, I, I'm actually better than you today. Oh. And I'll tell you why, Keith. Probably are. I'll tell you why. <laughs> 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 well, I'm going to tell you why. You know why is because uh, of a couple of things. Number one, I know for a fact that uh, Keith Moreau has unloaded some uh, equipment out of his storage shed. Uh, and the good news is that Rod Louie is the recipient of that uh, of, of that uh, cleaning out. So mm-hmm. yes. I want to thank you very much because, ladies and gentlemen... In tech move land, all the talking, all the crying, all the complaining, uh, Rod <laughs> Louie has moved in, moved in to 2016, even though it's 2018 right now. Is, <laughs> did I move into 2016? Is that um, correct? I think you moved to 2014, but that's okay. Is it 2014? What's, what's really? a couple of years here or there? Is it 2014 when this came out? I believe so. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? Let me let, me, let and hang on one moment. Let me let me, let me check. We should one research thing. it. Yeah, l- 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 let me let me just do one quick uh, thing here. Okay, okay. so uh, everyone well knows that Rod Louie, the big fanboy of the Panasonic GH one. Uh, hang on, I'm looking at something here. On, okay. On, on don't don't oh. Okay, which was brought out in 2009, right? So, yes. so we're looking at nine years ago from right yes. now, right? That the GH1, and I've been holding on steady to that camera for a lifetime. <laughs> There's been talk left and right about, uh, you know, me moving to Sony and maybe an A6500. Yeah, I think so, we have like 25 episodes talking about the A6500. And but. and the, the Tech Move universe <laughs> knows all about my plight and my indecision and everything that comes along with that. Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. But I did not get a Sony uh, A6500. Instead, Rod Louie, courtesy of Keith Moreau Warehouse. <laughs> uh, and, and actually, Keith Moreau Warehouse is a proud sponsor of Tech Move Podcast. Uh, hang on. But I am now the proud owner of a GH4. Thank you Woo-hoo. very much. Woo-hoo. 
And, you know, I am trying to find out when this thing... Oh, it was... You were right. It was released in 2014. So uh, I'm only... You know, I, I, I'm only four years off from yeah, You're the, only almost half a decade behind, but that's yeah. better than a full decade. You know what? And, <laughs> and, and for all the haters out there in tech move world, folks, you're lucky that I'm not telling you that I bought a new Polaroid camera or something. <laughs> or a Kodak Instamatic. Because Rod Louie is holding in his hot little hand a beautiful... GH4 right now, and uh, and uh, it is absolutely terrific. I want to thank our sponsors, Keith Moreau <laughs> uh, 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 Enterprises, for uh, supplying us with the uh, with this lovely uh, uh, item. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keith, I don't know how you could let this thing go. I guess it was quite easy when you have a couple of GH5s. So. Do- uh, <laughs> Do you want another one? Because I've got another one. I've got two. I had two GH4s, so I'm going to unload that one, I think, too. Uh, well, I mean, and, and the, there, I don't think there's any reason why you shouldn't. And uh, <laughs> I, you, you know what? I think one is enough for right now. Yeah. I think I will uh, uh, hold off. You know, I am going to wait until uh, Keith Moreau uh, Enterprises has a drastic... Uh, barn fire sale, <laughs> fire sale. on uh, on everything other, must go everything out of must business go sale. right uh, <laughs> uh, for some of these other items like lenses and other lighting equipment and stuff like that. But for now, hey, I'm very happy with the GH4, and uh, I'm excited to share the universe that this is a new chapter, ladies and gentlemen, in tech move world. Uh, expect that I will be talking about the GH4. For at least another five to six years going forward, <laughs> so uh, I greatly appreciate all of your patience with me, and uh, this is a momentous occasion, uh, Keith, <laughs> and uh, I have you to thank for it. Thank you, Keith. You're welcome. My pleasure. I'm, I'm really glad it worked out. Yeah. GH4. I mean, you know, 4K powerhouse. You know what's so great is that because it's so old and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm still going back to looking at video reviews on YouTube and stuff like that, and Vimeo yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And man, the way the folks were talking about it, I mean, I already knew this already. The way they were talking about it was just so groundbreaking. I mean, it's it's really just this superb little camera here. And and I'm very of course it all's Trump now with the GH5 and the GH5S. So what? I don't care. Because it's GH4 time for Rod Louie. So thank you very much. It's It actually is pretty groundbreaking. And I, I shot a lot of stuff with... I'm not sure about if it was your camera or the other one, but I shot a I'm lot of stuff I'm going to say it's the it. other one that has yeah. a lot of hours in it. <laughs> it probably has like five hours on it. But um, I don't know. I think you could probably check that if you haven't. You know what? But, I, but I barely know how to turn don't. it on. <laughs> I really bar- barely know how to turn it on. I really just you know learned... Uh, aperture priority and the filming mode, and that's about mm-hmm. it right, right mm-hmm. now. I don't even know if I'm recording video uh, in uh, 4K or not. I'm not quite sure. So, uh, okay. th- so I will be learning that uh, through various tutelage from uh, Keith Moreau and various other uh, people out there that we admire out in podcast land. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of great info out there. It's 
it's a really cool camera. The the usability and settings and everything is pretty amazing. Still, still, I think better than the the Sony cameras. Really, the new the new ones. Yeah, just the set abilities and the different things you can get on there. Um, you know, the I think you could even get like waveform monitors and vector scopes and other weird stuff. Well, let yeah. let me share with you since I've uh, 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 robbed the Keith Moreau Enterprises uh, tool shed, uh, since I've just completely robbed them of all inventory. Let me tell you about what I've done uh, with the GH4 since uh, picking it up. Okay, so sure, everyone out there in Tech Move land, Keith Moreau included, would buy you know the best lenses several of them uh, build up the arsenal for this. But because I had a GH1 before, you know what? I'm not spending a dime, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm going to use all my old lenses, all my old kit lenses for that matter, and not spend a dime, okay? Thank you very much for that. I am right now using Keith Moreau, the original <laughs> kit lens for the GH1, mm-hmm. my beautiful little trusty 14 to 140, uh, 5.8, uh, slow as molasses kit lens. What do you yeah. think of that? Actually, that's a really good choice. It's it's actually still a relevant lens. That's, really? It's got really good... Yeah. Thank you for making got, me feel better. Yeah, I actually used it um, quite a bit with a GH4, especially when I wanted to go long, like when I have a lot of reach, or if I had if I was using two different GH4s and one was had the better, the, the more... The newer lens, the twelve to thirty-five or twelve to, yeah, I think it's twelve to thirty-five, and uh, have that on one, and then have maybe the zoom on the other camera, and it's it's still pretty good, and the and the lens stabilization is actually really good on it. So yeah, I it's, it's, I, I mean, uh, you know, in our pre-production meeting, I I kind of mentioned to you that I was kind of testing it out, and you know, I have to say that, I, and I, I don't know how it's working, but it seems like the images, and I was fooling around with stills. It seems like the images that the GH4 gets off the lens, off the kit lens, was much better than the GH1. So it must be processing power. It must be something. Sens- I think the sensor is better. The sensor sensor's way better, and the technology behind the sensor is better. So you've got three generations of upgrades <laughs> between the gh1 and the gh4 so. and still i'm four years back from the newest one that's out there now so yeah but you're only one back from the current one so see that's right it's not that bad yeah. that's the that's the way you think of it that's the way yeah. you think of it i i, and it's, I, I think and it's kind of hard to believe that they took that long to come out with another i think that that's a testament to how how good the gh4 was because it took them a while to come out with the gh5 and, and, um, and wouldn't you say that the gh5 is quite a bit more advanced than the GH4 dual card slots, the IBIS, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's pretty pretty significant the changes. Yeah, the the changes are fairly significant. Although there's some disadvantages. So I'm trying to make you feel good about your thank you. your GH4. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. It's the GH5 is actually a lot bigger than the GH4. It's more like a like a, almost like a DSLR. In size, as far it's kind as of, it's size weight goes, just size and weight and and bulk. It's actually bigger than my Sony full frame cameras. Oh my! GH5. Oh yeah, really? It's wow. bigger and heavier than those. Yeah, it feels good because it's bigger. Maybe that's what they why they did it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why they made it bigger and not just more compact because the GH4 is definitely smaller, and so that's that's one thing. Um, 
And image-wise, I think the GH5 is a bit smoother. Um, the GH4 is a little a little blocky in some cases, especially with the gain up a little bit. Mm-hmm. With the lower gains, it's actually pretty smooth. But the, when you get past 800, it gets a little bit blocky. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think you're right. And, and, <clears throat> and that's what I've been reading a lot about is that, uh, uh, you know, using it really anything past 1600 is unusable at that point. Yeah. And probably really more it, 800 if, if you're really being honest. Yeah. I I guess it just depends on how how you want it to look. I think that, you know, if you ha- if you can't get the shot, you have to you have to turn up the gain. So, um and that and that's just true, but you wouldn't want to shoot a whole thing maybe in 1600 or 3200. I've shot in 32 on it as well. With and you can use noise reduction and get it to after the fact post-production noise reduction. Mm-hmm. So, um but you know, overall, it's a nice... The thing that I like about it, just small and light, and the batteries last a really long time. They last like three to four hours. Yeah. So, uh, and, yeah. And, 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 you know, that that's the thing that... You know, when I was back and forth on the Sony and stuff, that's the thing that I, I, I knew was going to be a disadvantage, uh, as well as a couple other things which we'll discuss. Battery life on a Sony, maybe not quite as good, and me losing that articulating screen... Was going oh, yeah. was, was really really going to be a painful adjustment for me, uh, and with the GH four, hey, it, it it has all these little things that I'm so used to, and it really doesn't uh, uh, feel any different. It it is it is much it it feels like a much heavier body than the GH one, uh, but you know, but it feels great though. It feels nice and solid. Yeah, yeah, it's um. Yeah, I really liked them. That's why I got two of them. Right. You know, it was really it was really cool because it's it's way better than my little HD camcorders that I would use for little, um, you know, just placing around multiple cameras. Right. Um, it's much higher quality and it's about the same size. And the battery life goes and it doesn't have this thirty minute limitation that the Sony's had. So um, that you know that that thirty that thirty minute limitation is actually a really big uh, deal. And um, I really love the Panasonics for not having that. And I actually hear that it's possible that that you know that is EU the European Union limitation on that. Yes. For duty. I think they're actually going to get rid of that. Now, so. now, does the the GH5 does not have a thirty minute uh, a limit? No, does it? It does not. So so that that's great. Yeah, that's great. So that's that's kind of why I'm considering maybe getting a GH5s. Okay. Um, and that's what. That was my justification for selling off the GH4. So I was ah, like, oh, right. Yeah, I don't use them too much. Maybe I could sell both of these and then spend a little bit more, well, significantly more, and yeah. get the <laughs> right. get the GH5s. But you know, at least it's offsetting it. And if I'm not using this, why not? You know. Sure, and I'll- and you bring joy to a uh, starving young boy like myself uh, with with this uh, fantastic uh, uh, little machine. It'll be terrific. I, I I really can't wait to really put it through his paces. I've got a uh, graduation party to go to this weekend, and I actually plan on kind of taking it through its paces and uh, seeing what I can get from it. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to use uh, not only the kit lens, but I'm also going to use uh, that, uh, what is it, that one, that 20 millimeter pancake lens I've got. Oh yeah, that's uh, a nice one. Uh-huh. Which will be good. What is that? One eight, one point seven, something like that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that that'll be nice. 
And then I think I'm going to throw on there with an adapter, this Nikon lens that I've got. We'll see. We'll see how it looks. That's cool. Yeah. And if you want accessories, I have a bunch of, I think I even offered you a Metabones Very um, excited. speed booster. Right. Very excited yeah. to, to, to look at that. Although I must say that I'm very, very hot on trying to get my hands on the uh, native lenses, like the Panasonic 2.8s. Yes. Uh, I think I think you know if I get those two you know the the wide one the wide zooms and the longer zooms if I get those two I think that that would probably be it. Yeah, I I, I think I'd pretty much be set. Um, yeah. You know that I don't have to mess around with with speed booster and stuff like that, which would be good uh, uh, if I had more you know outside glass. But since I've stuck with micro four thirds, that's pretty much what I got. That makes sense. And also, it's everything smaller. Right. The, the smaller lenses. Yeah, right. so I actually... So what do I have? I have the 12 to 35. I don't have that many Panasonic lenses. I've got the 12 to 35, the original one, which is really nice. I'd recommend that. Now, you, you might, now you're now you using that right now currently on the GH5, correct? Yes, I do yeah. use it, and it works great. Yeah. Um, I think the newer version of that works even better with the built-in image stabilization. It kind of somehow communicates with it and gets even smoother, more steady cam like results. Okay. But um I, I don't mind whatever whatever I'm getting on it. It's it's fine and I don't use it enough uh handheld to really warrant that. Mostly my Panasonic are kinda like set and forget type cameras. They're kinda like crash cams. Right I, I I mean it, it does <laughs> but doesn't that make sense for you though because because of the recording the no recording limit Yes, that that is the smarter way to go. Set in the back of the room, get your nice wide four K yes. shot, punch mm-hmm. in, punch out, whatever you want to do later mm-hmm. on, and yeah. and it's there hours, no matter whatever card you got in there, and exactly. Then, and then there you go, right? Yeah, and it's and it's good enough quality where if if I do cut to that, it's you're not going to notice it. Maybe if I did the whole thing in that, you might notice the quality difference between the higher end cameras and that. But just for you know, a couple of wide shots here and there. It's perfect for that. Right. Um, and, uh, and I know it's not going to run out of battery in the middle of some, some long shoot. Right. So that, yeah. And so I've got that lens. So that's really good. And then I have, um, I got a lens recently that I haven't really used much. I just got it on sale. Um, it was the Panasonic Lumix G 25 millimeter, 1.7, a spherical. And it's a really small light lens. What did I get it for? I got it really cheap. <laughs> Lumix G. Like, what is it? Lumix G. What? Which one? One point. It, it's the G. Millimeter? Yeah, twenty-five millimeter f one point seven. So it's really fast. For yeah, you know, that, for, one's, that one's fast. Yeah. Yeah, and it's but it's really small and light. Yeah. Like it's smaller and lighter than the the zoom. Yeah, and it's super yeah. cheap. Yeah. So I got mine for like one hundred and fifty bucks. I'm not sure what it's it is now, but it's still probably still pretty inexpensive. Whatever the current right price is. Let me see what it is. Current prices. I guess it's one forty-seven. Still, yeah, the same. It same is price. It, it, one forty-seven ninety-nine. Okay. That's kind of that's kind of the uh, the general. Yeah. They must have they must have um, had a sale on it, and then I got it for the sale price, and then they just kept it at the sales price. Oh, it's a hundred dollars off. So normally it's two forty-seven, but I think like B and H has a has a sale on it for. 147. So that that might not be a bad one for you because it's fast and it and it mimics a 50 millimeter. Yeah, but but you know what? That other one that I have is almost the same size, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, which one is which one is that? Tell me. You about know what? It again. Uh, 
talk talk a little bit about how great this twenty five millimeter is. Let me go find it. Hang on a minute. Okay. Good. Well, the twenty. So, so the thing. Tell tell the good folks about like you know I don't know how great this twenty five millimeter is. Sure. Well, here's the thing about just twenty five millimeter in general. When you're talking about uh, micro four thirds, the thing about micro four thirds is it's exactly half the size of a full frame lens, a full frame camera. So, um, for example, the full frame Canons and the full frame Nikon's and all those, even the Sony's, they're the sensor is twice as big as the sensors in the Micro Four Thirds, and so that was kind of Panasonic and Olympus's point of view is, does this make something that's still bigger than a camcorder sensor, you know, like a like a quarter inch sensor or half inch? Let's make something that's a, a bit over an inch, so it still has some reasonable depth of field, still has some light sensitivity, but it's just everything is half of what the full frame is. So it makes the math easy. It's like if I want to have the equivalent of a 50 millimeter on full frame, I'm going to get a 25 millimeter. So that's basically what this is. This is kind of like the standard, you know, walk around street photography lens. And the, and the reason that 50 millimeter on a full frame is so popular is that the perspective on it is very similar to our own vision. The, the way that um, lines converge into the distance, you know, the, the idea of perspective is that like if you were looking down, say, for example, a um, tunnel or a, you know, like a square corridor, the lines converge at a certain rate down to the infinity. Um, and are, if, if you go for a super wide lens, then it's kind of exaggerated. The lines are converging much faster into the distance. If you're going for like a more of a telephoto lens, the lines are unnaturally not converging into the distance. So the thing about a 50 millimeter lens in full frame is that the lines converge at the same rate that our eyes see that perspective. So that's why it's such a popular lens because things look pretty natural. Yeah, and with that um, crop factor, like you said, it's about 50 millimeter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. Yeah. So, well, at least on the GH4. I think maybe yes. with the GH5, it's GH5 and the GH5S, it might be a little bit, um, Less. Similar, a little bit wider sensor. So, yeah, so, so, so it might be a little bit wider. So you but, so you have the HH025K, which is the 25 millimeter 1.7. Uh, I, I guess so. It's called the Lumix G 25 millimeter. Right. I don't even know what the model Okay. My, mine's the 20 but, millimeter 1.7. Okay. Yeah. So the yours is the equivalent of 40. So it's a little bit wider right. than the 25. Yep. So yeah. So it's but it's still pretty close, and that's that's not bad. That's a good walking around lens. Yep. So anyway, so that's what I got. So I have that lens. I haven't used it much, but I got it because I was on sale, and and I figured for 150 bucks, it's a pretty fast lens. I could always use it, a native lens on on one of my GHs. That that's kind of what so, I thought when I when I bought the thing. I don't use it that much, but yeah. uh, But to have something that's fast like that for a micro four thirds body i think is kind of important to have in the bag i think so i think so yeah so um yeah so let's see what else let let uh, me let me share with you um can i share with you some accessories that i've already purchased for it please okay so i went to town and i just uh and i bought uh two additional batteries uh, just, mm, just wow. well, just for the heck of it, right? Yes. Uh, um, it, I think it's always good to have extra batteries. I did not buy uh, Panasonic batteries. I bought some knockoffs uh, yes. that were pretty cheap. But I figure that even the cheap ones will probably, you know, give you at least an hour or two uh, out of them. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so I bought those. And then one thing that I was very, very happy about with the GH4. And and also can be done with the GH5. And you know, even though we've 
talked a lot uh, about small HD and the new monitors that that they have. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the one? What's the one that we're in love with? Which is the um, what do we the call the focus? It? Yeah, the focus. Uh-huh, right. Uh-huh. Well, of course, uh, Keith Moreau will buy the focus. Rod Louie will buy something much cheaper, and so <laughs> I bought uh, I bought this thing, this app called Field Monitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, folks who are not familiar with that, I know Keith is. Uh, it is an app that you can uh, buy for your iPhone. And it turns your iPhone into a uh, into a wireless monitor, and it connects wirelessly through the uh, camera Wi-Fi, and uh, allows me to have an offboard monitor, whether it be on my iPhone, an iPad, some sort of uh, iOS device. And uh, now, is it as good as a small HD uh, a dedicated monitor like that? No, I, I think there's going to be lag. I don't think it's going to be quite as responsive. But for what I do, I think it's going to work out great. It cost me 20 bucks to do that. I, um, I've got a, uh, a mount coming uh, for, the, for the cold shoe. And I'm going to put this thing right on top. And uh, because this thing, uh, the, 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 this monitor uh, app can do all kinds of neat things. Have, have you seen this one, Keith? Um, no, but I, while you were talking, I looked it up, and it looks really cool. Yeah. It looks like a, yeah, because they have, Panasonic does have an app as well. Yes, which I um, got for free. Yeah, but the pro- But the okay. problem, but the problem with that, Keith, and you know this, is that the, the field of vision on the Panasonic app is, is almost as big as the EVF on the camera. <laughs> yeah. Right? Whereas yeah. the field monitor ta- uses the full the fil- full field of view of uh-huh. of of your iPhone, iPad, whatever it is, yeah. And you can do you can do all touch settings through this thing. Uh, you you can have a histogram. You can have vectors. You can have all this kind of stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can of course uh, uh, touch record, touch focus. You can touch zoom uh, using the camera. And uh, it will give me a lot of uh, ability to control it remotely. Um, so not only just being tethered to uh, to the camera, but I'll actually be able to do it wirelessly. Like if I want to pose myself far away, I can I can probably get that. It looks really cool. Yeah, Adam Wilt is a pretty famous guy who does all kinds of stuff. He's the, I guess he's the writer or guys who put, guy who puts this out. So he has a bunch of other apps. I think I've. I don't know if I have any of his apps, but I've definitely looked at a bunch of his reviews in the past because he's a big reviewer of stuff and he's on all kinds of forums. So yeah, it looks like a really cool one. It's 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 a nice one. Now mm-hmm. I, I think there is a there is just the ever slightest so delay. There's the ever yeah, slight you know just because mm-hmm. it's Wi-Fi and all this kind of stuff. But yeah. but I think for setting up a shot, framing it, getting it ready, blah blah blah. I think that's fine. I think it'll work great. It's pretty cool, and it's wireless, so you just use the Wi-Fi from the camera, and that's it spits right. out the signal and other control info. It looks like it works on Sony cameras too. That's exactly what that's I was going to cool. mention. That's what I was going to mention yeah. next. Which actually, yeah. uh, uh, folks have been applauding this app because that takes care of the no articulating screen. Mm-hmm. You 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 put one of these things up 
uh, on a Sony camera, boom, there you go. You you're you're, you're able to 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 frame uh, while being in front of the uh, the lens. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. You can't go wrong for Tw- twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. You cannot go wrong. It sets you up. It frames, Keith. I I you know I I I really liked it. It is much better than the Panasonic app. I mean I I'm was shocked that Panasonic offered that app for free, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty neat, and it worked pretty good. But it was true. The, the field of vision was pretty small. So uh, especially if you're just planning on using an iPhone to, uh, to you know, you kind of need, you know, a little bit more than that. And uh, the app field monitor allows you to do that, ladies and gentlemen. So, Does it have uh, magnification, too, for focusing? I don't know. You 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 I haven't explored it enough to to do that yet. There's a focus assist on it. Uh camera sources only. It requires iOS 11.2. Um but I'm not sure what the focus assist actually does. It may just be like peaking. I I like I think it's peaking. I think it yeah. I it, it does certainly do focus peaking. Mm-hmm. Uh you you can you you can of course uh, uh, touch, touch, focus, different areas and stuff like that. Yeah, it looks really, really cool. I think I'm gonna have to get this. Thanks yeah. for uh, re- recommending it because you never know. Sometimes you just don't have your little monitor with you, and you want to connect to your, connect to your uh, camera and do stuff with it. Well, so. I re- I really think that this could be very, very good for you to get that G, uh, that A6500 really going. Uh-huh, uh, that's true. Uh, because th- this will work with it. It'll, 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 it works with all the A six thousand series things, as you know, as long uh-huh. as it has Wi Fi on it and stuff like that. Cool. It, it, it'll work. Um, Great. And I think it'll, you know, I, I, I think it's a, a little bit better than the Panasonic Panasonic Image app, and uh, that is Field Monitor. Uh, awesome. from our uh, friend Adam Witt. So thank you very much, Adam, for developing that. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's really going to be good. So anyway, I'm excited. I'm going to I'm gonna mm-hmm. uh, mount that on the GH4, uh, use that as uh, uh, not only external monitor, but also, you know, helping me with remote stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. I think yeah, it's going to be great. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, you're really good at researching all this neat stuff. Oh, uh, uh, I, 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 well, I mean, yes, the, it's just that the item has to be out for four to five years before I actually do it. So Yeah, in under $20. Right. <laughs> because I had to save up for $20 to, to buy the app. So, th- so there you go. There you go. Uh, now, uh, one final thing I want to bring up here is um, SD cards. Yes. Okay, so I have in the camera right now a um, Patriot LX series class ten mm-hmm. card. So far, seems to be okay. So far, what do you think? Do you, do 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 you think I need to get get a, a higher end card, uh, especially when I try four K material, or is those old class tens going to work? Uh, class 10 could work fine. I think you should definitely start doing some 4k recording on it, which is, which will go at a hundred megabits mm-hmm. and see how it does with that. And will so, I know instantly if it fails? Yeah. Yeah. It'll just stop recording and give you an error message. Okay. 
and then your camera will melt. <laughs> it won't be that bad. Right. We'll be pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But because there's some, there's different uh, levels of quality of class tens. There's just, it just seems like there's a whole gamut. It's just not a guarantee of necessarily the best um, performance, but it might actually work and you never know. So, okay. No, yeah, I I've mean, had I... really good. <clears throat> I've had really good look with uh, Transcend, which is a less expensive, yes. still high quality brand. Yes, and I always use the Transcend one twenty eights in my. I had the sixty fours to start with when they were, you know, everything's gotten so cheap with these cards, but initially the sixty fours were not that, not that uh, cheap. Yeah. Uh, so I got a bunch of those, and then as the one twenty eights became uh, a better deal, I got those. And so I have a, a selection of those and the 128s. And now I'm getting 256s, but I'm not getting oh, wow. the Transcends anymore. I'm getting the uh, the high-end um, SanDisk Pro Extremes. Oh, you are? Yeah, just because, you know, it's uh, it's about the same, a little bit more expensive, slightly more expensive than Transcends, but just supposedly a little, little bit better rep. And so I just can't have, you know, those, uh, can't have failures on the cards. Um, I was just, you know how the GH5 has the 400 megabit mode? Right. In it. So actually, none of the cards I had, the the SDHC cards I had, were fast enough to record that. So um, I actually recently got, there's a standard called um, V60. I think it stands for 60 megabytes a second. Okay. And um, the V60 cards are really, really expensive. Um, so I just got this. Um, it's not, a, it's not really rated as a V6. Well, I guess it is rated as a V60, but it's, it's like half the price of the others and it's called Freetail. And I actually have it in my hand, but it's, you know, it's the same size as the SD XC cards. Um, but it's just a little bit, it's a fast enough for the 400 megabits, but it's not going crazy and spending a lot of extra money that you don't need to. So, um, I have, I've yet to actually open it up and test it with the 400 megabit. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Is it a... You said free tail. Is it like the Evoke Pro or something? Yes, it's the Evoke Pro. That's the exact one. It's the two fifty six gigabyte one. Oh wow, two fifty six. And it does say oh, V sixty exactly. on the on the case, so I guess it's it is V sixty. How many of those did you buy? That's really expensive. I bought, well, that yeah, but it's still way cheaper than like the SanDisk ones. Yeah, it's like half the price of the SanDisk. Oh, wow. I got two of them. Wow. So so I can do some if I wanted to do some four hundred megabits on the GH five, which might be slightly better quality. So anyway, let's let's get back to your thing, to your GH4 thing. Oh, tell I, us tell us more about what whatever other things you I, might have gone. I mean, like that that that's really about it for right now. Okay. Uh, okay. There there are uh, I I think in a, another segment, and you know, and it might be in this episode, it might be in our following episode. But I I think I have a very good question for you. Okay. And that is when I and this is I, I, I want to tease the audience because that's what we do <laughs> in the broadcast world is we do a lot of teasing here, yes. and that is when I start recording in 4K, will my 2010 summer iMac be able to edit that type of material? I'm just going to leave it at that. That's the big question, <laughs> all right? Because I certainly don't want to have to think about getting a new uh computer or anything like that mm -hmm. um and here's another oh here's another thing maybe mm -hmm. even more important not only will will the uh can the computer do it but will i be able to edit it on 
uh, Premier 5.5. There's a big question for everyone to think about because that is going to be the magic question and discussion that we're going to have either later on or in a following episode, depending upon how far we get. So anyway, that's what we're that's what we have to think about, ladies and gentlemen. Rod Louie and his continued plight for cheapness and not spending any money and keeping what he's got until it burns up or disintegrates. Uh, so thank you very much. Uh, but that is all I've got for you right now with regards to GH4. I will be giving you a review uh, after this weekend and uh, to tell you about how the uh, how my shooting, how my... Uh, 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 videoing uh, went and uh, see if I can even uh, uh, look at the footage uh, on this kind of stuff. <laughs> so that, that'll be amazing. All right. That'll be fun. Thank you. Uh, Keith, let's uh, let's take a break here for a minute and uh, reset our jets here and, uh, and then think of uh, other things that we can talk about in this grand opening. How's that uh, sound? Okay. Sounds great. Fantastic. Okay. We're going to come right back with more on Tech Move. It's, uh, it's been a little bit... Uh, of a while since we last spoke, and uh, so many things have happened, uh, at least to me personally, with regards to uh, digital cinema, digital uh-huh. filmmaking, uh, audio recording, whole uh-huh. slew, of, uh, also AV type of uh-huh. stuff. Uh, uh-huh. I know, since I haven't talked to you in, in, in a little while, the same has happened with you. Would that be true? Yeah, there's been a lot of um, a lot of new things. It's been a while, so I think just so much time has passed that things were bound to happen, right? <laughs> let's, uh, yeah. Oh, I know, but l- l- let's uh, l- let's spend this intro and and catch up a little bit. And sure. actually, this this does have something to do with you. And uh, uh, I I'd really like to start off uh, with uh, what I actually uh, got from. Uh, the great Keith Moreau, and uh, that was a, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all my crying, all my <laughs> prodding, all of my complaining, well, it won't ever cease, but it will change directions, because I am now the proud owner, ladies and gentlemen, of a fantastic, in 2018, late 2018, mm. August to be exact, is when we're recording this. Uh, I am the proud owner of a Panasonic GH4, ladies and gentlemen. Applause. Yes. Thank you very much. And uh, Keith, I got to tell you, I love this GH4. Yeah. It's actually pretty awesome. I really absolutely love it. I I, I watch a lot of uh, videos saying, why would you buy a GH4 in 2018 and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And uh, y- y- you know what? Prices are right on some because you know. Let's face it; there are also two other uh, new GH five five S's that are out right now and stuff. Right. So uh, you know, uh, not many people are looking towards the GH four. 
but you know what? The thing does 4K. It's uh, what a 16 megapixel. It's um, it, it has better a uh, 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 a better sensor inside than my good old GH1. Uh, I love it. I think it's yeah. fabulous. Yeah, it's actually real. The sensor is really good. I've done some photos, just gigantic photos that were blown up huge. And like I did in one of a company that had like 500 people in it. So I had to do it really far away on top of a ladder. Yeah. And um, like a corporate shot, like a yeah, corporate like a corp- company. Yeah, like the whole, yeah. yeah, it was a company lunch or, or yep. dinner or something. And it was in the parking lot. And yeah, and I got back really, really far. And I, I took the photo and I was able to zoom in and actually see people's faces like pretty clearly like recognizably when in the whole in the photo later when i zoomed in i I love it detail yeah Yeah. i i i love it and uh uh paired with the right lenses Mm -hmm. i you know i i just think that it's 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 gonna suit me for uh most likely for me another 10 years like i did the (laughs) g so yeah it's 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 really good ground groundbreaking at the time it's it's also very small Yep. and light, and the battery lasts a really long time. And and let's you know, face it, and let's face it, Keith, uh, longer than thirty minute record time. That's right. That limitation that plagues the Sony's and bites me all the time with my newest Sony A3s um, just doesn't isn't there with the GH4. It's it's awesome. That that part is great, and it's. I mean, I I still have one. Um, I may I might try to sell it, but although it's it's still good for a small 4K extra camera. Yeah, you know it's better than a GoPro, and it's still small, and you could put different lenses on it, adapt them to whatever you want. You know, super wide or telephoto, or whatever. But um, yeah, it's yeah. It was a, I'm glad somehow you got the opportunity to get one of those. And, I, I've and, been I've been trying yeah. I've been trying my hand at still photography more yeah. so than the video because I just want to become a little bit more familiar. Uh, w- you know, with uh, with how it works on on taking stills, yeah. and I've been very pleased with the image that comes just straight out of the camera. This is you know even before running through Lightroom or anything like that, but I but I like what I'm seeing so far. It's 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 really sharp. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got really great you know natural colors to it. Of course, depending upon the lens and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but, the, len- uh, the lens helps. Although yeah. now you're shooting raw. When you do the stuff, I am shooting raw. I'm shooting yeah. raw. I'm, I'm I'm shooting both actually, raw and JPEG. Yeah. So that, yeah, that really that also really helps because you maximize the dynamic range of the sensor and yep. that kind of crunchiness that you a little of the crunchiness that you might get with video is is not really there on the stills when you do raw. So that you know, so you're going to getting just the best quality image you possibly can get out of that camera, and it's good. You know, I I shot a bunch of stills with it in the day. I really like so, it. Yeah. I, I, well, I, I really I really really like it and uh-huh. uh, uh, so you know I want to thank the uh, Keith Moreau warehouse of fun yes. uh, for uh, having one in stock yes. and I, uh, I now have one one extra space for dust dust to collect in my collection <laughs> now now dust instead of falling on the camera it falls on the the table that it resided on <laughs> the surface it resided on so. I, uh, you know, I, I immediately bought extra batteries for it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, and you, you know what? It's it's so funny because you know I don't shoot as much as you do, right? And so, uh, so I don't really, I, I didn't, I didn't think I really needed it, but I always know that you should have one at the ready anyway. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, because you know, I shoot shorter clips than 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 what you would do. Because you know, this is my only camera that that I'll be using. So I brought I, I bought a uh, a couple of Power Extra uh, I bought a Power Extra two pack battery hmm, okay and uh, you know what works just fine you yeah, know I mean those are no did no you do frills. a little review a little kind of research on that particular one there's I, so I, many I did I did and uh and it you know it looked just as good as the next guy and you know what for twenty bucks for two. Mm-hmm. That's uh, what, what am amazing. I? What what am I expecting? Right. So, like, heck, even if it lasts <clears throat> me for essentially two hours, because the way that I, the way that I shoot, the way I take pictures is that I'll have all these batteries charged up to full, and then take them out for the day with me. Right. Yeah. Shooting yeah. videos, shooting stills, whatever it is. Okay, I start to run out with one. Got the next one. Pump that in, and then at the end of the night, if I'm on vacation or something like that. Well, you know what? Recharge them. That's what you do. So I recharge them during the night, and then and then I'm ready to go for the next day. So I really only need two batteries at the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way I. That that's the kind of my workflow when it comes to stuff like that. Now, mm-hmm. of course, it changes if I've got some sort of event to shoot or something like that. Then you might. Then that third battery is going to come in come come in great play. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so. This is speaking of events. I actually used a G8, uh, maybe that GH4 that you have now for a couple long days. You know, things that lasted yep. like ten hours long. Sure. And so I was, you know, I had my stack of 128 at that time, 128 gigabyte cards ready. Woo! And um, that'll do like maybe two and a half hours, I think. And then. Um, and then a, just a stack of batteries and also char- uh, chargers as well, mm-hmm. like several chargers. Um, once the bat- once I, you know, I could flip over maybe every hour when the speakers changed, uh, whoever was the subject matter changed and had a little time to, to switch batteries and maybe the card if I needed to. And so, yeah, so I was just continually charged. It was kind of like a card and battery swapping factory. That's probably really great. But <laughs> now, now, does that change? Uh, uh, does that story change when we're talking about like the Sony cameras instead? Um, it's kind of a similar story, although with the Sonys, I re- really needed to get the external power to those. Oh, um, cause, that's, cause what that's what yeah, you do. Yeah, well, the, especially the the two series, the A seven two series, because their batteries were so small that they they hardly lasted long at all, and and it was really inconvenient to have to switch at half an hour or whenever, however long they lasted. So, um, and the, I I actually hacked my my Sony's. So the A two series is hackable to have a long record time, but anyway, the A three is not. Um, so with a lot, there was a good with a long record time, but I had to have an external power supply. So I would just have an AC adapter that I plug into the battery port, right? And then that could last forever. Um, or later, I got this Atom, these Atomus power stations, which are pretty awesome. And there's a kind of a new version on on um, on Kickstarter that's kind of like a, a more streamlined version of that that Atomus power station. Just did we not review that and uh, or talk or or see something like that? One of the last shows that was uh, in town. Um, I'm not sure if I personally reviewed it, but I'm gonna check it out um, for IBC if they have it there. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a Kickstarter thing. I saw it. On, I think I saw it on New Shooter. Um, it's like a little like hot shoe. It's basically just a little like battery cradle for a uh, NPF, one of those L series batteries that Sony has. Those gigantic ones that are really cheap. Mm-hmm. 
and then you can just put in the hot shoe or anything that's quarter 20 and then you can and it just has a little like these little exchangeable battery dummy battery things that go into your battery ports for different cameras could you know gh4s or fives as well so um yeah it's actually a really cool device because it's so small the thing about the power stations they're kind of gigantic they're like a whole nother camera right you put them on but they will they do last forever ever which is really cool too so anyway yeah that that whole battery thing just you know the gh4 and gh5 batteries are so plentiful and cheap it's yeah just amazing yeah and and, yeah. And, and and i and i think my little purchase of two extra ones is just going to do me just fine yeah and uh and again for 20 bucks that that'll be great um hmm. so uh re- really happy with that of course when i got the body uh, you know, I've got my old GH1 lenses, you know, like mm-hmm. what my 20 millimeter prime. Uh, I also have the the kit lens, mm-hmm. uh, w- you know, w- w- which which are pretty good lenses. But you know what, Keith? I couldn't take it anymore. I decided to really go feet first and really, <laughs> really go to town on this one. I, I, I figure such a beautiful camera has to uh, uh deserves the absolute best that it uh, that that it can be provided and mm-hmm. i and i picked up a sigma art lens woohoo got the 18 to 35 1.8 and um and i got to tell you uh when i slapped that baby on the gh4 uh, the images looked even better. I, I, you know, I was taking some test shots here and there and stuff. Boy, really looks great. That 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 depth of field looks tremendous. Um, it's not a great focal range, eighteen to thirty-five. It, you know, it's okay, but um, uh, and that's where I think kind of like the Lumix kit lens is going to come in handy for me when I want yeah. those longer zooms and stuff like that. And yeah. it doesn't have to ha- be so great depth of field. You know, the, the kit lens is going to be just fine. Yeah. For that kind and you of got stuff. an adapt, you got an adapter along with it, right? I did. And that, that, uh-huh. that, that's, that's another thing that's so exciting was that, uh, I did not, uh, ladies and gentlemen get a, uh, a meta bones, uh, nor did I get a Sigma uh, adapter. I did some research, and the new hot thing right now that's out there, and I'm sure all of you know, I'm the last to know, is a company by the name of Viltrox. Mm. And, uh, Keith, I picked up a Viltrox EF-M2. And uh, this is a speed booster. It's a... Uh, it, it's a you know, uh, EF lens adapter to micro four thirds and a fraction of the price of, uh, of, of Metabones. And, and it uh, does all the electronic control as well. Uh, it can autofocus. Mm-hmm. It autofocuses just fine. Uh, I have, I have in, in all honesty, uh, sometimes the lens hunts a little bit. But I, but I'm wondering when it comes to focusing. But I'm wondering if that's just me not having the right setting on the camera yet. Uh, still trying to figure that out. What the best type of uh, uh, focal uh, focus assist uh, that I should have on the camera going. Uh, but for the most part, works like a charm. It adapts. It, g- it gives me that extra step of light. Uh, I love it. And and mm. and, and again. Uh, the the Viltrox 
cost me 150 bucks. That's crazy. 150 bucks. The Metabones is like $600. Yes. That's right. And we yeah. all know Rod Louie. He ain't spending 600 bucks on nothing. I haven't. So, what is, in reality, why would somebody get the Metabones over the Viltrox other than the name? Um, I, you know, some people are going to say Metabones maybe has. There have been a, a few little things that some t- people talk about, like edge to edge. Maybe it's a little soft at the edges, this Viltrox, whereas mm-hmm. the Metabones is a little bit sharper all the way around. Uh, uh, but you know what? Frankly, for me, I haven't seen it, and yeah. and it l- looks pretty darn good to me. And, uh, y- you know, the Viltrox uh, is uh, y- uh, USB upgradable, mm-hmm. so it has all that stuff that, that, uh, that you could do uh, just like the uh, Metabones. I think the the thing about Metabones, it, it's just got the name brand. You know, they've been doing it for so long. They've done it so long, so successfully. Who has heard of Viltrox? Viltrox is one of, you know, it's like, it, it, when I heard the name, I thought of it just like any other adapter company that has come along and put something out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, wow. you, you kind of don't pay attention to it until mm-hmm. it starts hitting the web a little bit more and you start seeing things, you start seeing examples. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, 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 you know, at 150 bucks, no, no way was I going to not take the chance to, to see if this thing worked, and it works. So where'd you get it for 150 Uh I got it off eBay. Oh, okay. From, uh, so it's probably stolen out of some guy's trunk. So, yeah. uh, so I got it from there, which is fine. Right, right, right. Because I, I, I don't know the guy's trunk, but uh, but yeah, but but usually, like Amazon's got it for like two hundred, two twenty, something like that. Yeah, that's what I was because I just went there because I was gonna immediately buy one for one hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, uh, I I I I got mine at uh, off eBay, and uh, it cool. it worked out great. Well, I'm seeing a whole bunch for. Um, 129 130 there you go here wow uh, you know you know what i'm gonna send to you privately uh where i got mine from okay and it this is yeah i don't know if this is from viltrox or who it's no it's antique china this is the company uh, I, I, I think I, yeah. I, I mean, undoubtedly. So that, with a name like Antique China, right. you know that they're going to be selling good high-tech parts. Especially for uh, <laughs> uh, video and camera gear. Yes. Right? Especially for video and camera gear. That's, that's who yes, you're the latest, for. Yes, the latest to up-to-date the latest camera parts. It's the latest and greatest. Antique. Oh, I should, I should also, let, let, let me go back because I did forget to, to mention one thing. It, uh, I was able to get the Sigma lens because of a heads-up. That you gave me, uh, with regards to B and H, was running a fantastic, one of a kind, like sale on that lens. Wow, too good to pass up. I mean, yeah. really, too good to pass up. I mean, like I, I think even you and I had talked about it, and you even thought about doing it yourself. But I mean, you already have one, and yeah, I have one. I lo- I love it, but I just have so many lenses. I I probably don't need two. Right. <laughs> right but yeah that's a that is such a good lens i really it's love just, it it's like got a, such a great image and it's really sharper than almost even though e, a lot of the um 
the L series glass that I've had. It's really, really good. And, so. and and matched with my little Viltrox adapter, this GH four is really where I wanted uh where I want it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the only thing I have yet to test is low light capability uh, as of yet. Yeah. Uh, which which I think it will handle. Uh, I think I'll probably be. I'm already amazed right now with things I've seen like on YouTube and stuff or or Vimeo uh, about low light using GH4. I, I'm sure it'll just be a hundred times better than my GH1. Uh, and then matched with you know with this you know adapter and and the sigma lens it, it ought to look pretty darn good yeah i think when you have the speed booster and the sigma which goes to 1.8 natively and i guess with the adapter it's down to 1. 1.0 maybe 1. i don't, I don't 4, think it's, sure. i don't think i think it's like 1214 something like okay. that okay okay but it's still pretty still darn pretty fast. low still yeah. pretty darn low yeah so yeah it's 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 going to be really good yeah, I think I think you you have a good combo there. I think I think I'm gonna have uh, I think I have a pretty decent system right mm-hmm. now for uh, uh for the work that I do, and yeah. it'll uh and it's gonna last like I said for another ten years. So just like yeah. the GH one. So yeah, I will uh I will skip uh uh every model uh until the the fourth one, which unfortunately for Panasonic or me, ought to be in the next year. Anyway, the way they're coming out with more models, so yeah, they'll be coming out with the GH five SS. Right. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, speaking about that, Keith. Uh, yes. Uh, l- let Let's move quickly to something that you and I had discussed, and uh, the, of course, one of the big reasons why you were uh, getting rid of the GH four was because I think you had a GH5 in, in your midst, and I don't know if you've had it for a long time already or, or what have you. Let's let's hear the update with your Panasonic systems. Oh, okay. So I had... I'm not, and actually, I'm going to look in my, my um, little order record here and see where when and where I got this GH5. Uh, not the GH5, but yeah, the GH5. Um, so, I'm trying to search my orders. Here. I think I think you got. I th- want to say that you got the GH5 not when it first came out, but maybe like a month into it, because you, I, th- I if I remember correctly, you were quite pleased with the GH4. And it was uh, the only thing about the GH5 that was fabulous was the uh, IBIS. Right, right. The IBIS was was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I can't even remember when I got the GH5, but got, I, I think I got it pretty close to when it was released. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, think within yeah. I think within a month of when it yeah. was r- released, you kind of hemmed yeah. and hawed a little bit about it, like ah, maybe you weren't going to do it. You yeah, had other things on on your mind and stuff like that. But yeah. then you ended up doing it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, now I remember I got it a little bit before the World Series. Because I actually brought that to the World Series and, and shot with it, okay. along with a really long, um, one of the long hundred to four hundred lenses um, that I also got at the same time, and that was actually pretty amazing because that had the that combined the ibis of the of the camera along with the um, optical Im- image stabilization of the lens, and, it, and I was shooting at the four hundred millimeter, and so that's like eight hundred millimeter equivalent on a Canon right. or a full frame lens, and and uh, it's crazy because you know if you had a 400 millimeter lens on a Canon, it would be like a, 
It would be like a, we'll be, a bazooka. It, 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 <laughs> and it'd be like, I, I don't know, like 800 millimeters or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, it's With the equivalent of... And stuff. Yeah, no, it's the equivalent of an 800 millimeter lens, which yeah. I'm, I guess that is made for for um, Canon mount. But um, yeah, it would be just gigantic. You'd have to have like a monopod just for the lens. You know, like those guys on the football, um, they're always getting run over and, and like injured by the out-of-bounds basketball and football players. Yeah. You know, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, look, you look like one of those guys. Right. Oh, and, yeah. And I had, and so I, but then I had this like super long lens inside this stadium. They let me in, you know? Right. Which they don't, wouldn't normally allow. So that was really cool. And then, so, and then combining the two, it was handheld. Like I did, I think I had a monopod, but I didn't even necessarily need it. And I was still really? getting really stable shots and we weren't, we didn't have great seats, but, um, you know, so I was getting really good shots of, of the players. Right. You know, pretty close up telephoto shots. So, yeah. So that was that was pretty cool. So that's and that was I, that was GH five, right? And, yes, that and, was GH five. And you mm-hmm. and you were doing stills, not video. No, I was doing mostly video. The oh, whole time. okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. So I was doing four point something K video, whatever they have. Okay. Uh, in that camera, I guess it's four K, but it might be more, a little bit wider than four K. But anyway, um, yeah. So I got it for that didn't use it a ton really you know I was always choosing other cameras instead um but then just recently i just saw this onslaught of people professionals starting to use to use the gh5s and just all this all this um publicity all this um all the all this stuff about how great the low light was on the gh5s like it was rivaling some of the sony's right so so i said yeah you know i think i'm gonna just like i still like kind of like the crop factor for certain things um, the lightness factor, the small lens factor. Uh, so I, say, I think I'm just going to get the GH5S. So Excellent. I just got that recently. Yeah, so I got that recently. So now I have the GH5 and the GH5S and a GH4. So I still have. And then, and then, and then along with the GH5S, I got another lens too. I got the um, 12 to 60, which is pretty highly rated. A lot of people 12, love that one. 12, 12 to 60 Panasonic lens? Yeah, it's the Panasonic Leica. Is, is, is that the 2.8? It's two. Po- it's variable. It's two point eight to four. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. I know that one. That's yeah. a vi- that that's a very high quality lens. Yeah, yeah. That's it was a really, really highly good lens. Yeah, I figured. Okay, so it doesn't have the constant aperture, but it has a little bit more reach. Yeah, I felt like it might be more versatile. And I figured, like with a smaller aperture, I could kind of afford to use that one on the GH5S. So because it has better low light, so the lower aperture isn't that important. Or as important as as it was on the GH5 or the GH4. So, yeah. So I got that. I tested it out. I actually went to Maui for an event there, and uh, kind of luckily it was it was kind of a not super important, highly paid event. Luckily, <laughs> <laughs> but I used all I all I brought, and I brought the whole camera system in one like carry-on case. So I got two cameras and all the lenses I needed, plus extra lenses that I didn't even wind up using, and. Uh, uh, Mavic Air, <laughs> uh, and oh, you, know, you brought other stuff. You, you brought the Mavic Air. I did, I did, and I really flew it extensively over the ocean. All this kind of risky stuff. Yeah, where it was like beeping at me and saying, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, wind, wind alert. You're too far away. Sure. you're gonna crash. Sure, sure. Uh, but sure. anyway, that's an aside. Um, right. yeah. So I, I used it. I used basically mostly used the um this Panasonic um twelve to thirty five. I guess yeah, twelve to thirty five. 
2.8. That's the 2.8, 12 yeah. to 35, right? Uh, yeah. W- which, is, which is a great lens. That's a yeah. really spectacular lens there. Yeah. I used that one um, mostly for the, the wide shot on the GH5. And then on the GH5S, I used this new one, the 12 to 60. Because I figured I would use that one if I needed to pull into 60 millimeter, the low, the low light would help with the noise level. Right. Yeah. But one thing that I one super boneheaded thing that I did was I I just kind of assumed that the GH5S would be exactly like the GH5 as far as just the setup and everything. And when I got there and you know kind of in the middle of this event I didn't really have a lot of time to you know like go on the internet and research things and watch YouTube's or ask questions. So <laughs> I kind of had to make it work. Right. I couldn't get the I couldn't get the auto ISO to turn off. Like it was always like I, I as soon as I I would get it to adjust. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I would I would get everything set up, you know, like fiftieth of a second shutter and the and the aperture and the ISO I wanted, and then as soon as I hit record, it would go into this auto mode, and I couldn't figure out how to get out of this auto mode. It's like what is going on? Um, luckily, the auto mode was okay. It like it didn't totally mess up the image, you know, to make it so different from my settings, um, but it was really annoying. Because I felt like I had no control, or really, control over the image. So, uh, did you have it set on auto before recording, and then you just can't change it while while you're recording? Is that is that what you're saying? Well, I had it on the M. I tried it on the movie mode, and then also on, on the M mode, and I could do all the settings uh, manually. But then when I hit record, it would go into auto, and I wouldn't have control over anything. It just like, huh. so huh. anyway, yeah, and I still. Honestly, couldn't really figure it out, um, so I just put a post on I think DVX user, right? And and uh, very instantly, um, you know, somebody said, "Stupid, you didn't do this." <laughs> and <laughs> people on and, the internet are so kind; they're all yeah. always so understanding and kind. <laughs> and uh, actually, love most people. people. Most people were nice, but um, but eventually, it was revealed that you need to. There's a quick way to do it, which is basically on the screen, and I'm not sure it's on the GH4 or not, but on the top left is the mode that you're in. And you can click on it on the touch screen, and you can select manual mode, program mode, you know, like a few different modes mm-hmm. for whatever you're shooting in. And for some reason, that was in, the I think, the program mode. So it was it was basically putting it on auto. Uh Okay. And I had that setting, and I checked my GH5, and it was somehow it was set to manual already. I don't remember setting it. So, huh. <laughs> so yeah. So it was just like a quick little, you know, a tap of the screen and an adjustment, and I, and I would have had full manual control, and I just didn't remember how to do that. <laughs> and of course, you don't read the manuals, right? Of course, cover no. to cover. Who, who, I mean, who, I just figured who, like I already had a GH5 it was going to just be the same, right? And I said, no, it's not the same. It's probably a little, so. Yeah, it, a little I think it comes from the factory different. That's yeah. that's probably. What happened? Let, so anyway, let, let me ask you this: Have you considered the what's the other? Okay, so you have you have the twelve to thirty-five two point eight. Yeah, uh, they have another one. I want to say thirty-five to hundred or something like yes. that. Yes, two point eight. Yes, I seriously considered the thirty-five to hundred a, a while back because uh-huh. it's the complementary lens, right? But very expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's like a thousand dollars or something like that, or pretty yeah. darn close to. Yeah, it's a thousand dollars, and it's kind of like the full frame equivalent of the venerable seventy to two hundred. That's uh-huh. why they came out with it. Okay. So, and I have one of those for for the Canon style lenses, Canon style cameras. But, 
Um, yeah, but I never, I just could never like, you know, like pull the trigger on that particular loan lens. I just like a thousand dollars. Would I really use it? Right. And then instead I got that 100 to 400, which like totally blows it away. Right. As far right. as reach. Sure. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. yeah. And if you're going to change lenses, you're going to change it for like super reach, yeah. I think. Okay. Um, and then I got the 12 to 60 to kind of, kind of in the middle of that. So I felt like that was a good compromise. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, maybe you would do that on I, 35 I, I would, I would totally think about that. I mean, you know, now that I have the Sigma lens, right? I don't, I don't, I wouldn't need the 12 to 35 2.8 cause I have the Sigma right now. Yeah. I would totally think about, you know, like a 35 to, uh, what is it? 35 to a hundred. Yeah. 2.8. I would mm-hmm. really, really think about that because I, I think that's a really great focal length. And it's especially at two point eight, and it'd be a native lens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That could be just beautiful. Yeah, but I'll consider it. I think eh, there's down an, the road. Yeah, down the road. That's there's way a new model of it. I think yeah. that is a little bit better. Because like I, because you know, like I mentioned too, you know, the kit lens, you know, the the cheap kit kit lens, thirty five to one hundred, you know, four point to five point six. Eh, you know, it 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 works, and it's and it's worked for a lot of years. That that could be good enough for for what I need to do. But, uh, if I want something more powerful, I would, I would certainly consider the Panasonic 2.8 one. Yeah. Well, maybe that's in your future. Yep. Yep. Hey, uh, let's do this. Let, let's take a quick break and then mm-hmm. we'll come back. Cause we have a lot more stuff to talk about. Yep. Uh, but let's take a quick break, reset the, uh, the timers here and then, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get going again. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we'll continue more of this right here on tech move. Welcome back to Tech Move, Rod, Louis, Keith, Moreau here, and uh, you know what is fantastic, Keith, is that even though we're recording this like really in uh, you know almost summertime coming up, it's like Christmas time for Rod, Louis, because not only did I get a GH4, but I also replaced my 14-year-old rear projection television set, mm-hmm. and. I have to tell you, it was it was quite an emotional moment for me to have to say goodbye. Uh, as I had captioned a couple of friends of mine to show them the picture of the junk man wheeling <laughs> wheeling the uh, the projector out, I I captioned it by saying, uh, "Till death do us part," and that's exactly <laughs> what it was because it had died. And I could not resuscitate it any further, and I uh, had to call a junk man to come in and, and, and take the darn thing. Uh, the, what, what? So what actually died? Like, okay. What was it? So uh, th- I'm talking about a Mitsubishi 73-inch rear, rear projection. It was the WS73909, if you want to look that up. It is a huge monstrosity that basically weighs 400 pounds. Okay, uh, so a couple of two, three years ago, 
uh, there there was a blinking red LED problem, and that was a problem that was known by many Mitsubishi owners as a kind of like a motherboard issue. It was repairable. Uh, So I had some guys repair it because at the time, it was so funny. The repair cost me $400, okay? Mm -hmm. But to have it hauled away by companies like Junk Kings, it was going to cost me $600 for them to haul it away. (laughs) So I Uh said, you know, it's going to be cheaper for me to just fix it. I'm just going to fix it and let it let let it work for a little while. Okay, so they came out and fixed it. It worked. It was fine. This mm-hmm. time, I got this thing where whenever you press the power button on, the, the green light came on. Two seconds later, it would go off. You wouldn't even hear the, the TV fire up. You know how you can usually, like a car, you can hear it kind of crank over? The TV mm-hmm. didn't even do that. So when I called the repair guy again, say, hey, I've got another problem here. He goes, okay, describe it to me. I told him, he goes, you know, I just feel bad that I would send a guy over there for 90 bucks an hour knowing full well that there's no way we could get parts for this thing. So yeah. I think it was time that I put it out, its, uh, uh, put it out of its misery and have, uh, have somebody take it away. So that's exactly what I did. So, so what, was the, what was the actual symptom of the problem? It wouldn't turn saying? on. <laughs> It just like no power, on. right? So okay. like the the, okay. the power light would come on two seconds later, it would go off. Okay, and then you wouldn't hear a sound. All you would hear is the LED light going on to power on, and then it would shut right off. Okay, yeah. So some kind of power supply issue. Some sort of power supply issue. They didn't have parts for it. You know what? Hey, I I I'm done investing money into repairing. You you know you, you got to say when you, even when it comes to a, a an old car. That you've got, you got to know when to say when, and yeah. I and I had to know when to say when. So yeah, uh, so that leads me to again, like the GH four moving into at least uh, the twenty first century of uh, of uh, television sets, and uh, I had to force myself to uh, purchase a uh, a new LCD screen, and. Uh, Keith, uh, it it, it was because of what we so preciously talk about here on Tech Move. I took your advice as well as uh, other colleagues of mine who have similar uh, uh, television sets, and I did purchase a Sony uh, X900E. Now, that is last year's model. I believe you have this year's model. And... um, uh, but, uh, you know what, when you're coming from a rear projection television to something like this, it looks absolutely stunning. Hmm. Yeah. The amount of clarity is probably amazing. I, I think, that. I think just the brightness, you know, when, yeah. uh, when I was watching it, you know, uh, for the first time, it's kind of like, wow, I, maybe I need to dim this a little bit more because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not so, I'm not so used to this because the other one was so dim, uh, that th- this one is just like, you know, I, I feel the radiation just pouring all over me right now when I'm watching this thing. Yeah. Wow. But it's really great. It's really, yeah. it's, it's really great. I think you were right in what, you, in, in what you're talking about. The, you know, black levels are really great. The, 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 uh, 4k, the 4k processing, 
this TV, I believe, like yours, has the Sony X1 chip in it, and, uh, w- which does a terrific job of 4K processing. Uh, but what more importantly I've noticed is how it seems to upscale things a little bit better than what I remember it to be. Yes, yes. The upscaling of these Sony uh, uh, sets are pretty darn nice. It makes everything really, really look good. Uh, Like A-B comparison here, uh, Keith, I don't know if you felt this way. You have the much more discerning eye than myself. Um, Blu-ray, standard Blu-ray, or an ultra Blu-ray, kind of hard to tell the difference. (laughs) If you're not really, really close, yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, because your eye can't, perceive the difference when you're more than a few feet away yeah you just you your visual acuity just isn't people's maybe if we're eagles we'd notice a difference (laughs) you know or some other type of alien creature (laughs) with with lots of retinal cells but yeah there's only so much your eye can resolve so that's you know it kind of reminds me of this thing that, that i did several years ago uh projecting onto coit tower oh i remember that i think we talked about that during an episode yeah, and it was kind of like the producer, the guy that kind of got all these different filmmakers together, uh, had to do it in HD, but also had to turn it sideways, right? So right. that it was long instead of wide. Right. And um, and we went in that back then. This is a while back. Uh, computers were not were not that great uh, at processing HD, let alone turning it. There was no 4K at that time, right? I believe. Yeah, there was no 4K, but the problem is that um, video didn't work very well uh, turned. <laughs> so, right. because it had to, your resolution actually had to be a lot higher because of that, even higher than HD. So, kind of, so it's kind of like almost dealing like with 4K. Right. Uh, and with just bar pillars on either side. Right. But, but, um, but anyway, we did all this work and everybody just t- tore their hair out getting their computers to chug along and get this <laughs> stuff out. And I did an analysis later after we did kind of a post-mortem of, of like, we could have done better or worse. <laughs> and I just said, well, here's the thing. People, the only people that really could benefit from it being in HD were the people that were like 10 feet away from the Coit Tower. <laughs> <laughs> Like people like right in the parking lot right there. Right. And actually it was pretty high. So you were farther away anyway. Um, and nobody else could benefit that from that. So, so it's kind of the same thing with 4k. You can only benefit with it from it. If you're just sitting right in front of it, right on top of it. huh? Yeah. Right in front of it. It's kind of like, it's also maybe similar. To, well, it's kind of going to theater and theaters. You actually notice it because the screen is so big. Yeah. I notice it all the time when I'm seeing, uh, like a 2k versus 4k projection. Yeah. No matter where I'm sitting in the theater, but um, like I'm saying, wow, this is really blurry. What's the deal? Um, and but you wouldn't notice that unless you were just in the same kind of uh, perspective as as in a theater, which is the screen is filling up maybe fifty percent of your field of view, as opposed to your TV, which is probably filling up maybe twenty percent, depending on how close you watch. But um, you know, like like forty degrees or something instead of. Uh, 180 (laughs) right right. so yeah so um yeah so you won't you probably won't notice the 4k um i although i do i do notice like on netflix when they're playing 4k versus um 
versus the, the 2K on other channels sometimes. Yeah. I, I notice the sharpness. I don't know if you're noticing that level of detail. I'm, I'm not. And, and, uh-huh. and, and I'll tell you the reason why. Here, in, in, in all transparency, uh, I don't subscribe oh, to, 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 okay. to, to, to that. And you should really Sorry. know me better than that, <laughs> that I won't give away extra money for that type of luxury. Uh, so that's why I'm touting the Sonys for their upscaling <laughs> because it looks pretty darn good. Look, they, they, it looks pretty. It looks pretty darn nice. Yes. Um, I, I think where I'm kind of looking at stuff and tell me if this is a good place to look. But I'm looking at a lot of YouTube uh, 4K video. Uh, oh yeah, uh-huh. a lot. You know, a lot of that stuff. And you're playing it through the TV's YouTube? Correct. Yeah. Because the TV is an Android device. Is your, Yours is, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. So it actually can even do like the Chromecast kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. I love it. that, by the yeah. way. I love yeah. that because, I, I, you know, I use uh, I used Chromecast even on the uh, old rear projection. Uh, it, it, believe you me, folks, you're asking how in the world is he using an HDMI on an analog television? You know what? There's a lot of hookups. <laughs> but it can be done, and I've done it, so thank you very much. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Having built-in Chromecast is just fabulous. I love it. Yeah. It's kind of like the AirPlay in on Apple TV. It's just Google's version of it, right? It, you know... Uh, and, and maybe because I've used Chromecast for so long. Well, I've used I've used AirPlay too. I, I got to say, I, I I think the Chromecast works a little bit easier. Really? How so? I don't know. It it just seems to hook up a little bit. It's, okay, look. Here, here here's the thing. Again, in all transparency, Rod Louis using uh, Apple TV uh, one and two. <laughs> okay. So you know, I'm sure the, <laughs> I, I'm sure the new 4Ks work be, just beautifully as far as AirPlay goes. But for me, it takes like I, I gotta get two hamsters on my exercise wheel to generate enough power <laughs> for AirPlay to work on those two items. Does, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that well. So uh, so with the with with the Chromecast, it just you know it it, it just casts so beautifully and it works really well for me. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, in addition to That's that, excellent. I think that I, I also plug in my PS3. That's my Blu-ray player is my uh, is my PS3. And that seems to upscale too. And it just works beautifully with the Sony television. Wow. Well, that's that's really I'm glad you like it. Thank you. I enjoy so it. do you do you do you also have the HDR going on it? I, I do, but I really can't. I, I can't really tell that just yet. Mm-hmm. I, I I haven't you know I I haven't really seen that. Uh, oh, you know what I did though is I did calibrate. At least I calibrated as far as what a bunch of goofballs on the internet say you should calibrate to. So who uh-huh. knows if I'm ruining my eyes? But it seems to look okay. Uh, you know there yeah. there there are there are a few uh, uh, how tos out there on the internet. On uh, especially for my TV, I'm sure they have one for your TV to calibrate to, and it, it look it looks pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you're not noticing it's things are kind of dim or no, not a good color balance. You know what? You have you have y- your monitor is is it what they call the edge lit or or is it, or is it the center lit thing? It's 
got a whole bunch of local back lit right. LEDs. Right. I, I think I think, mi- I think mine's the old technology where mine's edge lit. Okay. So yours is yours is a little bit, yours is much better as far as that type of thing goes. Uh, that dimming process and stuff like that. Uh, uh-huh. For 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 me, th- that was one of the things where they said that. Uh, uh, me for bright rooms. It still would would be a little bright. Blah blah. You know what? It it works fine for me. It works great. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you uh, you're you're doing great. You got rid of the the thing. I, I I've I've had to move on to new generations of things, uh, Keith. Yes. It's uh, I've had to move on from the GH one. I've had to move on from my Mitsubishi uh, uh, Diamond Series television set. This is a whole new world. I, uh, I, 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 you know, it almost feels as 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 if I have a new lease on life, Keith. And um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing. I don't know what's in store next. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'll get. Maybe the next thing I'll get is indoor plumbing. So um, yeah, that's actually useful. It is useful. It is useful. Um, I'm kind of tired of carting in buckets of water here uh, from the well. Uh, anyway, okay, so that is uh, Rod Louis' latest uh, thing uh, besides the GH4, the uh, Sony X900E, a fantastic monitor, uh, still available out there if you look hard enough uh, because they're all being replaced by what Keith has, which is the uh, 940E. And um, so, you know, you, you, you can aspire to be Keith, <laughs> or you can downgrade yourself to be Rod Lewis. So, anyways, uh, Keith, uh, I'm going to wrap that up right now. We'll, okay. we'll we'll discuss more about that in in future episodes. But uh, I thought I'd give you a a, a nice little treat on uh, my experience with the Sony. So, thank you very much for your recommendation on that. I think that was yep. great. You, you yep. know, and, and let, let me let me let me see a couple little things here. Of course, on the list was my favorite, the Vizio. <laughs> yeah the vizio the, the uh-huh. tcls oh yeah the uh-huh. samsungs you were, you were mentioning the was, yeah the kind of off brands yeah the the yeah. hisense is hisense still around i i think <laughs> i think so i kragen jensen oh, kragen. all that yeah. stuff Magnavox. I was, I was, right i was thinking of those too uh R- but rca rca but uh but no i was uh i was actually drawn to the to the sony and um cool and, I, and i'm glad that i did that so okay thank you very much well, okay you too. uh enough is enough uh folks we're going to take another break and we will come back with more useful information other than what we just provided you uh more useful information uh right here on tech move we'll be right back Welcome back to Tech Move, Rod, Louie, Keith, Moreau, and we want to touch on a few different kind of like uh, smorgasbord subjects, if you will. Uh, a lot of things that are at the top of our minds and some things that we've uh, forgotten to cover uh, in the past. And uh, Keith, I know that we've kind of talked a, a lot about like our uh TV sets and our monitors and stuff like that. Yeah. But one of the big things that I also had picked up, and I think you have also, uh, 
and I even forgot what the name of mine is, but I bought a new Harmony remote. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, it, it kind of replaces the old one that I uh, the old Harmony remote that I had, which is I want to say the Harmony. It's either the seven fifty or the three. Oh, it's the six fifty. It's really cheap. It was really really cheap, but it really did a great job. Uh, yeah. The Harmony 350 is one of those things where it handles, it, f- for me, all I needed it to do was handle, like, I don't know, three or four devices. Was that a really, really old original? It one, wasn't one a of- really it wasn't a really old original, but it's really cheap. Like, you could get it online for, like, 40 bucks. Okay. Super, okay. super cheap, but uh-huh. really great as far as uh, ease of programming and stuff like that. Uh, you had to have line of sight type of thing and all this kind of... Uh, so so use infrared. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, b- but it worked. It, it worked really great. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was doing it to control like a, uh, a TV, a mm-hmm. sound bar, a mm-hmm. Apple t- an old Apple TV, and uh, like a... You know, in a and forgive me for saying this, a VCR a DVD player <laughs> combo. Uh, so I had one of those, and you know what? It worked just fine. Switching between everything, uh, uh, turning this on, turning that off, blah blah, changing inputs worked fine. That was great. Mm-hmm. Best forty yeah. bucks I had ever spent. Yeah. Okay, so then you know we get to the new, uh, uh, we 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 get to the new uh, TVs. Well, just okay. So, just getting going back to this particular remote because I I also had an older remote too. So we're kind of we're both. The reason we're talking about this is because we both recently switched from old harmonies to new harmonies, right? That's correct. Harmony so my my old harmony and I, I did you have to plug yours into USB to yes. your computer to sync it? Okay. Yes. So I guess their system is is that they have this database like you create a user and then it's there's this database associated with the user that has all your devices and then activities, right? That's correct. That's kind of how it works, and I thought that was a, a pretty, a pretty simple and effective way to organize your stuff. So, like, if you wanted to watch um, like a DVD, then you turn on your TV and your DVD player, and you switch the input on the TV to DVD or HDMI one or something like that. So if we, yeah. so if we really, really want to go back, <laughs> if we really, really want to go back. Here, here, here's here's my first experience when I first got. My huge behemoth uh, uh, CRT projection TV. Yes. I had a universal remote called the Home Theater Master, and that <laughs> thing was enormous. But you had to manually program all. You know, all uh, uh, they uh, they called it uh, activities. You had to you had to program all the activities, and you had to kind of <laughs> you kind of had to flow chart it on your own, like paper napkin to make sure you got everything right because you know uh-huh. it was like you know make sure you turn this on before you switch the input here and blah 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 this and that uh-huh. and this uh-huh. was all done via pressing the power button twice the channel up and down twice mm-hmm. spinning around standing on your head the whole thing right mm-hmm. yeah very very difficult logitech's harmony well, i guess it was harmony first and then logitech bought them then came out with this really great thing of the USB thing, and like you said, the the whole database thing. They have all these different manufacturers, have all these different codes built in. 
And it asks you the great leading questions, right? Which my old little Harmony 650 did. It asked you, what controls the volume? Is it the TV set? Is it the receiver? Is it a sound bar? Is it this? And it kind of plans that stuff out for you, unlike my old one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it makes it a little, it interviews you about all your equipment and then what activities you use with those equipment. Which I yeah. thought was really yeah. great. I really it thought that that was smart. I yeah. really thought although, that was fantastic. Although I, I found the app, that the app was a little a little kludgy because I think it was Java, JavaScript. Okay. And just the interface was was kind of blocky and slow and you could get into these loops and never be able to get out sometimes. But overall, you can kind of figure it out. You could say, I'm going to avoid that area. I'm just going to do it this way. And if I want to change something, I have to go this way because if I don't, it's going to take me forever to get back to where I started. Uh, so it could be kind of a labyrinth, but but it was simple enough where you could kind of make it work. I, all the software. You know, I kind of felt that as long as you didn't try to make the remote like do some really tricky things... As far as basic basic things like, you know, uh, uh, bookmarking favorite channels or bookmarking, uh, a, 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 you know, a favorite set of activities, I thought that that was pretty good. Yeah. But once you kind of get into details like, hey, do you want this button to handle your contrast or do you want this one to handle brightness and stuff, then it kind of gets a little bit funny. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I think the deeper you dig... Uh, the the more it kind of struggles a little bit. Yeah, and and yeah, I think if you spent enough time, and that was the thing that I felt like because my system was probably like yours, pretty complicated, a lot of different components, yeah, and different inputs and things. Yep. Um, it's it started becoming like an all day task. It to, was. <laughs> it was something you'd have to just really set aside a day for. Right. Like I, I'm gonna have to, and then I have to test, download it, test it, and mm. then it doesn't work. I go back, reprogram it, upload it, and download it again to the remote. Yep. and then test it again, and and this was kind of like a long process. <laughs> oh yeah, long, yeah. Uh, th- th- that's why I said. I mean, like you know, Visio's uh, Visio diagram and or Excel spreadsheet would be appropriate <laughs> for yes. these things. Crying yeah. out loud. Yeah. So recently, you replaced this older remote with a new remote. Now, so why did you decide to do that? So, uh, uh, I decided that I wanted to uh, change the remote because. Uh, the new remotes now, I was looking for something for future proof. And what I think I'm going to be doing is maybe possibly putting some components within a bookcase or a shelf, not directly line of fire type of thing. Oh yeah. So you need to have something that can redirect this signal. So you don't have, so you don't have it out. That you is correct. Like inside of a, inside of a cabinet or something. That is absolutely correct. So, so you need to you need to put those little IR dots the little on, the, the little IR blasters and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yes, which I actually I had in my old system. So my system was kind of already like that. So I had a bunch of I in fact I had this not it was not a harmony thing but it was like a third party IR yep. distribution box. Yep. And so I had all these little LED things pasted on all my uh, components and they would occasionally fall off cuz the glue was kind of not right. sticky. So you right. have to tape them on and right. it was really ugly. Yeah. Kind of an and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and you know what the the funny thing is that I I remember having these IR blasters uh, on an old system, and they used to be these things that looked like kind of like little 
uh, coat hooks, right? Like you could hang your coat uh, on, on the blasters <laughs> themselves. And uh, with the Harmony one, it, it's a little bit more, you know, a little bit more well-designed, looks a little bit better. They look like little, just little plastic tabs and stuff like that, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and you put them around. So um, anyway, I, I should probably tell folks what I in, in, upgraded to. I upgraded to a Logitech uh, Ultimate. Mm-hmm. I think that's the name of it is the Logitech Ultimate. Yeah. And uh, what that is is just a remote and a hub that comes with yeah. it. So I got now you got the Ultimate and right. I got the Elite. Right. And I'm and I'm looking at them and I can't. But I think my Elite costs more than yours. But I don't know why it costs more. I, I think I think your <laughs> I think your remote does a little bit more than mine. If you if you put your remote side by side, oh, I, okay. I have a lot like. I don't know if it's a larger screen, but it, it seems to be a little bit more dead center. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Maybe I should pull that up too. L- yeah, let me... Okay, so let me look at yours. Yours is called the Ultimate. Yeah. Well, if yours is the Ultimate, then it's probably... Ultimate is better than Elite, isn't it? Well, uh, I mean, that that that's what I used to think, but obviously that's not the case. So that's not... Okay, see, so I, I see that. See, oh, I it's think, a different... I think Go the ahead. difference is that... The screen for yours is on top of the remote, where mine's more in the upper, in, in the uh, kind middle, of in the middle, more in yeah, the middle. More in the, okay, I think I see some things. I think mine has more buttons. Yeah. Basically, oh, more absolutely. Buttons that I don't that I don't use, but because uh, right. <laughs> like mine has basically from like the top third up, ours are pretty similar. I think in buttons and stuff. Yes. But then down lower, there are a few more buttons, which, to be honest with you, I never use. Right. Like, like I never press those. I should probably learn how those work, but right. I never uh, press those. And, and especially <laughs> the ones that are like red, green, yellow, and blues. I don't, oh, I, yeah. I've never understood what those are for. They might be custom buttons, or they might be course, because on my Xfinity, I have something similar. Okay. I have some colored buttons. Okay. And those do, those kind of are hotkeys to... To special functions like deletion like if you want to delete something you might click the red uh-huh. and then it'll bring that up so maybe i can program those to do something and then the thing that is that's really scary is oh you know what it is i think it's for like home device control oh so see on, okay yeah. like home automation type of yeah. thing yeah see on the bottom i have a couple light bulbs and on the right side i have a couple yes um, outlets oh that's right oh yeah, yeah. that's right yeah, so I guess if I pressed one of the outlets, like all the power in the house would go so, off. So, so you know how <laughs> on yours it, you have the plus minus in between those light bulbs and the outlets? Yeah, is is that for volume or is that for like dimming? I would think it's for dimming because there's volume up higher in the middle of the remote. Right. So for all for all the listeners, we'll probably put some pictures of these remotes or not. <laughs> you guys can look at it yourselves, or, yeah. or so, you guys already have something better or. Yeah. Whatever. So so basically, I think I figured out what the difference is. Yours is more like for just AV, like your TV uh-huh. stuff, right? And mine is TV and home automation. E- e- even though they promote mine as also doing that too, where it works with Alexa and all this kind of crap. So it, yours probably does that. It just probably doesn't have dedicated buttons. It probably right. comes up on the screen. Right. I think I think that's it. So mine's just a little bit bigger. It has more buttons, but they're probably exactly the same and, 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 and the difference is a hundred dollars yours is a yeah. hundred dollars more so. so i don't know i should have just gotten yours because i kind of like your layout where it has the controls on top 
the play and yeah. pause, which okay. is a lot. Right. You know? Right. But anyway, okay, so we're basically talking about the same device, though. So our right. discussion is pretty common from now on. Yes. Now that we notice similar. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, so so in in the programming of of these new remotes, um, I found them to be quite easy. I found them to be quite uh, 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 robust in the you know in the different types of things it can do. Uh, now, did you used to use the same app, or did you use a different app? I used the oh, same no. app. I used the same Harmony app, and uh-huh. uh, and what I did was I essentially added a new remote. So I kept that old Harmony six hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. and this and this new Ultimate, and you know just choosing between the two whenever I want to you know, add something, subtract something, whatever it is. Yeah. See, for me, yeah. um, I was actually using the old version of the app. Oh. And I think, yeah, I think my my remotes, I think it was the 880, and I think it might have been, uh, like, even older than yours. Okay. And I think the software was not compatible. Like, like it didn't support any of the new Mac operating systems or something like that. Oh. Like, it was really, really legacy software. So right. I think I had to jump to the software you're now using and create a new account and get that working. So, so will that, it will will it work with your old Harmony room, your 880 remote? Will it work with that still? The software, no. It will the, not. I don't think so. I think it's too outdated. So, I don't think the new software can use that remote. So, are you able to keep both sets of software? Uh, no, I I wound up just ditching both and just got two elite uh, two elite systems, one for the living room, one for the bedroom. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And so now I have these two. And the, you know the thing, oh, here's the reason that I really uh, switched. Now, yours is the reason that you maybe you got this new TV that needed more controls and stuff. Right. For me, it was because I, the my remote had this this cradle where you would kind of put the remote on it. It would like lay flat. Yep. I had these two contacts. Yep. And they matched up with contacts on yep. the back of the remote. That, that's how mine is. That's yeah. how mine is. And I found that that is a nice idea, but after a while, those contacts become really unreliable. And I used to spend like, to charge, that's basically to charge it. Right. And so, to charge my remote, I would spend like a minute fiddling around until I got the contacts to to make contact. Got it. And then eventually, it was so bad that I couldn't even get it no matter how much I fiddled. So I actually had to, this is stupid, but I actually had to, I took the case of the charger apart where the contacts were sticking out through these two little holes. So only the contacts would stick out of those holes. And I cut around like I cut a big circle in the plastic where those contacts were so that the contacts were more free to to stick out and I bent them out farther so they'd make better contact. Right. And that worked and that worked for a little while. This is really stupid, but I had to do this. Wow. And and, and but eventually even that didn't work. So I think whatever coating they have, it just starts corroding or loses uh conductivity mm. and as and then it's like you can't charge the thing anymore. Or you spend forever just getting it to go click I'm I'm charging. And it just started becoming too annoying. Well, so. that's that's what they're trying to achieve, right? <laughs> they, they want you to buy a new one every one to two years. So that's yeah. that's what they're hoping on. Yeah, it's a great idea. But I think that the the way that these uh, remotes charge is a little bit better because the whole charge the whole thing goes vertically into a charger. Yes, and that's how I think mine that, is. Yeah, and it's kind of the same contact. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's no. There's no like something you plug in. Mm-hmm. It's actually uh, just a. It sits on these charging contacts on the bottom. But I think the weight of the remote pushes it down farther. It, think it makes it a little more positive so hopefully that issue won't happen in, with these remotes as well uh, unless by me putting it vertically into the cradle i keep jamming it so far <laughs> that the contacts just don't have a chance to protrude up anymore so yeah that, they, you know i I'm think 
Yeah, I think at Logitech they probably have a little, um, you know, like profit chart that has a age of the remote, contacts dying, right. new, new, new purchases for start start inundating <laughs> Rodney with like new promotional materials for new for new remotes because that one's just about to die. Yeah. Yeah, we we know that his contacts are about to fail because he's been jamming it in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We've been using his Alexa to monitor how loud the sound is when he jams right. the remote into the charger. That's right. Uh, oh, you know, another thing that might be beneficial in yours is, um, and I haven't really tried it with mine, but supposedly it works better on your iOS device for you. Oh yeah, and that's another thing that I got really annoyed with with uh, <laughs> this remotes. The iOS app sucks. <laughs> it's always it's like it, it. Sometimes it doesn't connect. Right. It, sometimes it just can't find the remote. Like I don't know how it's trying to find. I think it's through Bluetooth, but I don't really know. Right. There, there's some kind of initial communication that happens. Sure. And and sometimes that fails, and you have to do it over and over again. I I I really tried. To, the initial setup was really frustrating. So when I switch over to the the computer where you actually, I think you plug it in to the USB into the USB, right? Yeah, that to me that was much more reliable than uh, the, than the app. So uh, the app now the app you can and you can do this too. The, there is an app that can substitute for the remote if you don't have your remote handy, right? And it just has a screen and you can. Have you have you tried that? Does it work well? Um, I think I probably tried it a couple times, and but I've never had the need to because I've always had my remote handy. Right. I think it would happen if you lost a remote and yes. find it. <laughs> yes. Or when those but, contacts finally uh, fail, then, <laughs> yes. then then this this app will work out great. So Yeah. I mean, th there's basically an app for any anything now, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But um, I don't, I tend not to, I tend to use the actual physical remotes or this, in this case, this physical remote controls a bunch of other devices too yeah. that have remotes. So go on with your experience and well, it helped you. It, so overall, I think the thing works out great. It, it, yeah. it, it does. It does perform what it's supposed to do. It controls, you know, all the different uh, uh, pieces of gear that I have. It switches the inputs just right, so on and so forth. It works great. Here's my only complaint, Keith. The only complaint that I have is being able to type in search items. Let's say I'm, let's say I'm using the YouTube app on the television set, right? It mm -hmm. switches to the YouTube app. Fantastic. I can scroll over to the search button. Awesome. Then it mm -hmm. comes up with the, you know, on-screen keyboard, which you got to up, down, left, right, enter, and then move to the next letter, blah, 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 this, that. Well, using that thing on the Harmony remote is painful at best. Okay, it's slow in response. It when you hit okay, it doesn't oftentimes give you the 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 letter of which you're trying to type. You repeatedly do it again, and then all of a sudden it sh that letter shows up three times because you've been pressing it repeatedly. Yeah, with no response. With no mm -hmm. response, mm -hmm. and then you happen to go back to the native remote. Like in my case, uh, I, I go back to my Sony remote that came with the television, and boy, it just flies. It's it's like text messaging, right? When you when yeah. you use the native thing, but the yeah. Harmony one, a little bit slower, a little bit more uh, cumbersome, and 
and I get a screen that often says that it loses connection with Wi-Fi, blah, 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 and I got to press OK, and then it can do it. That way, not so fantastic. So the Harmony is communicating with Wi-Fi. Supposedly. To your Wi-Fi, your your house Wi-Fi, it's like logged into that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's not communicating like directly with the little hub thing that comes with it. No, I don't think so. I okay. I, I, I don't think so, but you know, who knows? It, it, they might be all you know, needing needing something from Yeah, they from all Wi-Fi. they're all connected to this right. hub. So there's just some latency going on that's right. really high latency and it's not that reliable. Yeah. Correct. I found I've actually found that to a certain degree that there's just like a touch it's it's probably not as bad as what you're experiencing, but yep. there's a touch of latency. And I just have I just have to say, okay, I'm just gonna press it and then you know, half a second later, it's going to respond. Right. So I can't be, I can't be too, I have to be kind of patient. So, um, and that's, and, and that's good because I think that that's exactly what you need. But, you know, but when you see that the original remote performs just that much quicker, it kind of makes it, uh, you know, uh, I, I do find myself having both remotes out, which defeats yeah. the purpose completely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I kind of have, my whole array of remotes just just handy just in case. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah, like so one of the things that my and yours does too, it has a screen thing where you can do some stuff on the screen. It has a touch screen, right? Yep. And I find the touch screen is nearly useless. <laughs> I, I find I, like I agree. I, 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 I agree with you. Go on. Yeah, I mean, you have to use the touch screen to turn on your activity. Right? You have to select it and then click on it. Right. And then sometimes it the first click doesn't work. Like the first press, it doesn't seem to recognize it. Yep. So the second press, it starts. So that's pretty much all the time. So I don't know if it's a safety feature. Like oh maybe maybe that maybe whoever the user uh, hit it by accident. So we're not going to do that right away. We're just going to wait until the second one. So they built in in their little the, in the Logitech chart. There's the frustration factor. Is it is it worth it not to be? But then the thing is, it'll be sitting on the bed, and then somebody will brush it, and then something weird will happen. So I don't know if that's really right, <laughs> like built-in uh, double press. But uh, yeah, and then there's some kind of drawing function or swiping function on it. That's what I was yeah. going to comment on next. I don't know what that is for outside of doodling, uh, because it doesn't seem to do anything whatsoever. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have an Apple TV with a new remote, the new Apple remote? No, not no, okay. the one that you can talk into. No. Uh, okay, because I've got a couple of those, no. and um, everybody was complaining about the uh, the Apple's little. I guess it's kind of like a touchpad on the top. It's okay. like a very very small touchpad. Okay. Um, because it was so easy to mispress, and you couldn't tell if it was the top or the bottom. Like I'm always pressing on the bottom part. It's flipped around. Because it's pretty much symmetrical and you can't tell. And there's a big blank space on the bottom as well on the remote. <laughs> so I'm always like pressing this and trying to get and, and the things upside down and then turn it around. So there's that. But just as far as responsiveness goes, et cetera, it's way just, I use that. I like to use that when I'm watching my Apple TV and, rather than the Harmony if I can. Yeah. Because it's just got, it's just got more tactile feeling to it. So, so, so you're saying that you're using the Apple TV remote rather than the Harmony remote when you're watching Apple TV. 
Yeah, I yeah. use it. I well, I use it sense. to control. Yeah, I use it to control the Apple yeah. TV. I feel like it's a little I, in a pinch up. Like I can't find the teeny little thin Apple remote, which That's, is pretty that, easy to lose. That, that usually <laughs> falls in between the seat cushions yeah. and maybe the street. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then I then I will then I will use the Harmony. But yeah, yeah sure. I know what you mean. Um, I I guess I guess um, you know. Th- I think Harmony just needs to improve their latency somehow. If they could figure that out, yeah. that would be great. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's a fix for it. I, I mean, yeah. uh, you know, except on their end, not not yeah. on on our end here. I don't I don't think we could do anything more. One thing I will say though is that their IR blasters work awesome. Yeah, and they and you can stick a couple into the back of this hub, right? Uh, you could stick. I have three going on, uh-huh. right? And and what's uh, what's great is that before when you used to have the IR blaster, remember how I told you that you, they they were in the shape of like coat hangers, hooks, yeah, you know, yeah. like L shaped uh-huh. hooks, right? And yeah. the reason why was because that little uh uh that little L part. You had to kind of have that facing whatever the, the, the receiver or the transmitter was, right? Because it kind of emitted a little bit of a light or some sort right. of light that there was. Well, mm-hmm. these new things, you can you can pretty much put them anywhere in a um uh in a in a cabinet where, where your main equipment is and it'll pick up that signal. It's really awesome. I I, mm. I really think it's terrific. You don't have to have it pointed at the hub. You just have to have it connected there. You can just yeah. pretty much put it like you know under like underneath a receiver is fine. You know yeah. b- because the footing is 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 so tall. You can just slip one right underneath. Hey, it'll pick it up. It's great. I really yeah. I, th- that that I really love. The, the yeah. their 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 blasters are awesome. Yeah, yeah. The blasters are good. They're they're kind of big. And you can just stick them wherever you want. Yeah, the ones that the ones they come with. I think you can also put third party ones in there too, besides theirs. But but, but, but um, I like the ones that they have because see, I don't think of them as big at all. I think they're actually kind of little. The only the only thing I wish they were is I wish they were wireless. Yeah, that would be cool. But then there'd need to be some kind of power supply, probably. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and and it, and it'd be hard, and you know, it, it'd be difficult. But yeah. hey, you, you know what? It, it works great. It, it's better than the coat hook thing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I like their blasters, but yeah. So I think overall, I mean, I guess it, I guess we've been complaining about a couple things, but overall yeah. it's, it's a good thing. I, I, I still, I still love the new one. I, I, it's certainly better than my 650, uh, mm-hmm. does a lot more things. It, it, it controls a lot more and, uh, I do overall love it. Uh, I think I paid about like 150 for mine. If I paid more than that, I'd be screaming mad. Uh, so I, I, I think it's worth uh, uh, for the ultimate. I think it's worth about that 150. Yeah, so I would recommend the ultimate. Um, I'm not sure if I'd recommend the elite unless you unless you want a little bit bigger remote and you have a lot of home devices you want to control with it. And really, are you going to be reaching for your Harmony remote to turn on your lights and on and off? Right. I no. Know. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I I think what you would be doing, what's more likely is telling alexa to turn right. on your light right i mean right. That, and then have alexa say i can't seem to find that device in your list keith <laughs> exactly. which happens to me i've actually connected my home to alexa i have all kinds of smart home supposedly smart home stuff right. hooked up that doesn't work well <laughs> y- you know what I, I i'm resistant to do that because when alexa cannot still recognize the same radio station i want to listen to <laughs> The same one I listen to every single day, and then draws me to something else. 
because she can't understand me. I I I I just want to send her back with her boarding papers and get out of town. She makes me sick sometimes. Okay, yeah. look. So overall, the Harmony remotes, I think they're great. I I, I love the database. I love the programming yep. of it. So much yep. easier. Sure, things can be improved, but that's why they're going to bring out new ver- versions that you and I are going to spend money on. So you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. So good. All in all, good. Uh, let's move on. Actually, I was thinking maybe we should end this segment and then and then we can talk about something in the next segment. That Maybe. sounds fine. Okay, let's take a break. I know we have to pay some bills. We got to <laughs> flip off and on the lights to change the cycles and stuff like that. We have that. to tell, tell Alexa to do no, that. That's terrific. That's terrific. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Alexa, close down our recording and she'll say, uh, what? I can't understand. Close down the 7-Eleven. <laughs> I'm afraid I can't do that. All right. Well, we'll 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 come right back. Thank you very much. That w- that was fantastic. We'll be more. Uh, we'll, we'll be more. We'll have more right here on Tech Move with Rod and Keith. We'll be right back. Rod and Keith with you. Uh, let's talk about some um, cinematic stuff, cinematography stuff. Sure. Uh, I know that you've been experimenting. Well, maybe that's, uh, there's a better term. Maybe you're getting too lazy to take a jib out with you lately. <laughs> Pretty much too lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is a lot of equipment to take a jib out on a site. If even a small jib yeah. takes a while to set up, and then it's kind of stuck, I and mean, you can't really move it around. So you're you're where you are, and you can get a really nice shot, that one shot, which usually the jib is useful for just one shot. <laughs> right, right. It, it, and, it's usually either the opening or the closing of your project, right? Yeah, it's usually like an establishing shot or, or something, yeah. So... Yeah, so it's it's kind of it's a lot of trouble. It's a nice shot, and so I've been using other things instead of actual jibs re- recently. I don't think I've used a jib in quite a while, but I've been using gimbals. You can kind of approximate a jib with a gimbal, mm-hmm. um, just kind of slowly move it up and down um, while you're holding it. Um, you could even put it on the end of a pole and move it up and down. That works pretty well. <clears throat> if you have it on a like a tripod, um, like on a boom arm. It basically is a jib, but it's just a lot quicker to move around <laughs> than a jib is. Right. Yeah, but recently, um, one thing that um, one project I, I've done actually just in the last week, um, this carpet um, company, this carpet and flooring company, mm-hmm. was moving, and I I met them in the past, and they remembered me, and uh, they asked me if they they would uh, have me produce a a commercial about them moving. Oh, nice. From one location to another. So cool. Um, yeah, so I said, oh yeah, I have about a week free time, and you know, it's not it's not super uh, glamorous, but I thought I could maybe test out some new equipment and <laughs> and and test out some concepts that I've been thinking about. So, um, so I so one of the things about these these um, most of these companies is that their their showrooms are gigantic. Yep, They're like auditoriums. Oh yeah, yeah. So this particular company, um, they. Uh, we're going from a gigantic showroom to a still big, but not as gigantic showroom. And so um, I was thinking, well, I'm going to just 
use my Mavic Air a lot on this on this job and use it as a jib and just fly it around these showrooms and 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 take some high shots some overview shots and even take low shots like as if you were using um a jib but, how uh, how high are these ceilings we're talking about in 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 these uh warehouses they're pretty darn high they're like 15 to 20 feet yeah i would say so, yeah so, so that's plenty of room to fly one of these things it is uh, there's there's some things you have to turn off um for it to work the problem is all this avoidance con obstacle control that's in the new um the new drones is really great to keep you from flying into a tree right but it's really bad when you're flying inside of a building because all these obstacles are all over the place and it, basically the the drone will be just be frozen going i cannot move there are <laughs> obstacles all over probably like <laughs> hanging lights and stuff like that ducting and stuff yeah. like that right ducting walls columns yeah um they that i think it wants that's interesting yeah like I think it wants to have about ten feet of free space around it, and so if you, that's twenty feet circumference, and so, or like a twenty foot sphere around this thing. So if you can imagine being in a building, that's a pretty big sphere to be driving through. There's not a very <laughs> large tunnel yeah. of flying space, so right. you have to turn all the safeties off. You have to turn all the obstacle avoidance off, and and you have to go through all these screens to you know. Yes, I'm sure. Yes, yes. I I do want to do this. I do want to turn it <laughs> so, off. So a little setup is required here. A little setup. A little bit a little bit of setup. Yeah. And you know, of course, finding those things to control is sometimes challenging when you're doing it for the first time. Cuz normally I wouldn't turn that stuff off. I would just leave it on cuz I want to be as safe as possible. Another thing is putting on the propeller guards. Because when you're flying around, especially around people, you don't want those propellers to be even a chance of them hitting anybody cuz they could they could hurt somebody. Sure. So you put these guards on. Um, the Mavic Air, um, actually, the there's a kind of a bundle kit you can get with it. It's called the Fly More Kit. And it includes um, a couple batteries, extra batteries, and extra propellers, a carrying case, and some these propeller guards, which are really cool. So I put those on. It Actually, they're pretty cool. I, I don't mind flying with them. I think it makes it a little bit heavier, but... It makes it a lot safer because basically you could just kind of run into something and it wouldn't hurt it either the the, the uh, drone or the person or the object that you're hitting. Nice. Yeah, and you need to put that on because when you're inside, there's no GPS to keep the drone steady um, and and level. I mean, it it, it has other sensors, um, gyroscopes and things like that to kind of keep things okay, but it's really not very stable inside. You have to you, if you just wanted to hover for a while, it'll start drifting all over the place. Like if you if you have your hands off the controls, it'll just start like moving on its own. Oh, like wow. a draft, yeah, a draft will hit it. Like especially if this place has air conditioning or or the doors or windows are open, there's some type of wind going through. Right, it'll and, actually, and, and those <laughs> types of places are just wind tunnels already, right? They can be, yeah. yeah. And so it was really strange because I was just a couple times I was flying this thing. And it would just start moving on its own <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> and there were a couple of close calls. One time it just totally went out of control and like hit, banged on the ceiling and got caught up in some wiring and stuff like that. But um, nothing, I, I think I had to replace a couple of props. But other than that, no no particular damage. Um, but, uh, but using it, I was actually following these workers as they were refinishing the floor with the drone like two feet away from their machines and like getting really close-up shots like thing getting in the frame things are maybe like two or three feet wide so not typical use for a drone which is being really far away and getting kind of a vista this was like close-up detail <laughs> of stuff 
but I was able to fly it over because they were refinishing the floor. So I couldn't actually physically be there to film it. So I was flying it over the part that was still wet and I was, you know, just praying the drone would like crash and mess up their finish. And (laughs) that must've been scary. That was a little scary. That must've been scary. That's great. Yeah. But just following them as they were moving these machines, these buffing machines and things across the floor. So, um, it was, so overall it was pretty good. The only thing that I wasn't as careful about, which I recommend for anybody using a drone is use, make sure you use really high quality, high speed cards. Cause a couple times I ran out of, um, memory on my really good cards and I put some lesser cards in there which are still supposedly okay uh-huh. and then and then when I looked at the footage it was kind of jumpy like it would oh, go oh really yeah okay. it was like it just the car didn't have enough right speed uh-huh so, so it, make sure it buffered a little bit yeah it would buffer a little bit and then it would just jump mm-hmm. and so and there is there actually is a little bit of internal memory on the Mavic Air I think it's got eight gigabytes which is enough for maybe 10 minutes or something but um but I didn't use that. I used the card. And so in a couple um, a couple of the shots, which I really loved, they're kind of messed up by this jerkiness. So I have to like cut in between the jerks mm-hmm. if I really want the shot, which I can do. You know, it's not like a disaster, but I'm just saying cards are so cheap now. You can get really good ones for amazing. Because like, I haven't bought them in a while. Right. And like a 128 gigabyte fast card is only like $33. Is that Crazy. it? Man, I yeah. should I should invest I should invest in that because I'm using <laughs> old cards right now. I I, yeah. I should buy some new ones. Yeah, the one that I that I did a little research and would recommend is the Samsung uh Evo Select. Um it's a less expensive card but still really high performance. It's like mm-hmm. I was testing it um before I went out and it's about 70 to 80 megabytes per second, which is super fast for such a little cheap card. So I think the other ones that I was using that were jumpy were more like the 30 megabytes per second, which still should be enough, but I guess just just wasn't. Interesting. Whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So, but anyway, um, the most, but mostly this kind of test to see if you could use a drone as a um, jib. Yeah. Worked really well. It did, like, huh? Because I, yeah. I was I was gonna ask, like, you know, the, the thing about jibs that's really nice is that you get to control by hand how fast up and down you want to go, right? Which, yes. uh, of course, when they're beautifully balanced, they move up and down just great. Yes. Uh, don't know how that would be achieved using a drone. It's actually... Okay, so the, the DJI stuff has... Um, you have different modes in your controller. Mm. And so the mode that I would always put these on is... And, and actually, this is just for safety reasons as well, is it's called tripod mode. And basically, in tripod mode, the drone tries to stay as still as possible when it's when you're not telling it to move. And then when you do move it, it's very slow. So, but the thing is, even the fastest speed in tripod mode is still probably faster than you'd want a jib to move anyway, because mm-hmm. jibs just don't move that fast. <laughs> so, yeah, like you right. wouldn't want a jib to move that fast. Right. So, so yeah. So actually, I'll, I think I'll send you a link to to some of this. I I did some kind of little assemblies i mean actually stuff. i was wondering whether or not you're you're shooting in slow motion and then just use that you know what i mean to yeah to, to, to and then vary your slow motion in post yeah i would if i had the ability to do that with this drone unfortunately with 4k mm-hmm. i guess i would rather have the 4k rather than the slow mo. you can do slow mo i think 60p in hd right but in 4k you can only go up to 30p okay so um in most cases i just I just did it in 30. But the thing is, it's actually not bad. It's it's so smooth. Um, if you move the 
the joystick slowly, um, it actually is quite smooth. And the fact that it has a gimbal on it mm. makes it even smoother. So any movements, any kind of jerkiness is usually smoothed out. I'll show you some stuff that I did. It's actually pretty cool. Okay. Um, so, and I can, and the thing that was also pretty cool is I could get very, very close to the action. Um, closer than I thought it could. Like a couple times I was like a foot or, or so away from the subject. And these were people. Um, and another thing that I thought might be an issue would be the wind. Yes. And there is a lot of wind generated from this stuff. But for the most part, for this particular subject, um, it was not an issue. Um, there were only a couple times when there was sawdust around I could see the effect of the, of the fans, of the propellers. But, but in most cases, it didn't matter. Like you couldn't tell if it was done that it was done with a with a drone. Nice. So yeah. So yeah, I would just say, you know, follow the safety, put the put the guards on, make sure you have fast enough cards for recording, put it in tripod mode, uh practice a little bit. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get to know your, your drone so you don't crash into a wall the first time you right. start using it. Right. Or into a person. <laughs> and uh huh? and and tell the people to try not to look at the drone because it's so Oh, it's, it's such a such right. a novelty. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's another thing I have for you. Drones yeah. are by nature a little bit noisy. Yes. So yes. How, how 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 you know telling people not to stare at stuff that's 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 a difficult thing when you have this like jet engine drone just like you know we wheezing right by you and stuff <laughs> like that above you and you know everyone's looking. Yeah, it's just something you just have to. It's just like filming. That's general, that's difficult, have, right? It's difficult yeah. to to kind of avoid. You just have to tell people to just act natural and try to pretend it's not there. And for the most part, people were not doing that, which is great. Okay. Um, the noise factor. You know, these drones don't record sound. Right. So, and the thing is, you it has to all be B roll. It can't just be. Well, I suppose that you could have a mic on somebody, um, but the problem is that so much noise is being generated by these drones that it would probably make the audio somewhat unusable. And then the droning, you know, the sound that the drone makes would be a, 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 a sure tell that <laughs> that a drone was being used for these shots. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Exactly. exactly. Is this, are you in the middle of a, a, a beehive? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that was my, my little drone as a jib. Give it a try. Okay. Even even indoors. That's, yeah. That that sounds that, that that sounds awesome. Good. 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 Yeah. Good. Well, and I guess a, a little segue into that. Right. Is is there's a new? Okay. So I was actually kind of thinking about. I've actually bought a lot of stuff from DJI in the last couple of years. Okay. I bought the Phantom Four, the Phantom Four Pro. I did buy a, a Mavic Pro, uh, Platinum, but I returned it because I got the Mavic Air. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a new Mavic called the Mavic Pro 2 coming out. And that was just announced like two or three weeks ago, and it looks pretty incredible. And why does it look incredible? I think mostly it's incredible because it's still small. It's not as small as as the Air, uh, which is amazingly small and light, but it has a one-inch Hasselblad sensor in it. Ooh. So it's it's got basically got a one inch camera in there, and and also it's got a ten bit codec, and it records an H.265. Huh. So it's got a really good quality codec for the compression. I think it still might be a hundred megabits per second, but since it's H.265, it's more like one hundred and fifty megabits a second. And then it's got 
um, this one inch sensor which just gives a lot more detail to the shots and it's also got controllable aperture so you can stop the so the thing about a lot of these drones is you can't control the aperture so if you have a lot of light it's not going to change the aperture size it's just going to change the shutter speed right. and then you'll have this saving private Ryan effect where things are really juddery right. because the, the shutter speed's so quick sure so it's got all these features in it to make this really still tiny drone super pro or very pro and so doing these indoor uh, jib shots or doing anything else is just going to be that much better so nice um, i'm probably going to get one of those thinking about it it's still like on the back order stage it, um, it's still back order not available just yet but coming soon so probably within a month or two it'll be more available okay yeah cool cool yeah. very good very good very good well uh a lot of exciting things happening in the drone drone world. So mm -hmm. uh, be on yeah. the lookout for that Mavic Air Pro Two, and uh, look out overhead as Keith flies <laughs> his uh, his drone uh, for the great jib shot. And uh, just everybody, please beware. And um, yeah, Keith, please uh, just be careful as much as you can. Uh, okay, continuing on, uh, let's talk about um storage uh yes. let's talk about nas um you've got something that has just recently happened to you is that correct yeah i just had i've actually since since i put this into our database i actually had had two drobo disasters <laughs> um and then the old raid disaster okay so one the raid disaster was luckily so these disasters luckily turned out to be not as bad as they could have been so, uh, some of my um, raids, I actually just have powered off because the footage is really old on them, and I don't use it. I mean, this is like 10-year-old footage sometimes. So, I have a couple uh, of my main raids shut off just for power saving and drive saving and stuff. So recent, But I do boot them up once in a while so I can refresh my Backblaze backup yep. to make sure that Backblaze still recognizes them. And so, I just recently did that like last month, and I do it every month. Uh, around the end of the month. So at the end of last month, I turned them on, and then one didn't turn on. Like, the lights were on, but nobody was home. Oh, great, <laughs> and great. And it was my, it was my original uh, footage. <clears throat> Luckily, I had a Drobo backup of that. So, um, so I was thinking, okay, so what's the... I mean, I could just back everything back up from my Drobo to, this, to a new drive. But what I did was I found another um, chassis, another basically another box that was similar to this box. It was an o old o ODBC um, raid unit. Yep. And I, and, I, and I have a couple extras just for this case, like if the power supplies go out or whatever. So I, t I took, took it all apart, took all the drives out, put them into a new enclosure or, or one that's um, not broken, and put all the drives in the right order, had the same raid mode in, and it powered up. And actually the drives, it recognized all the drives. It actually re it, it recognized that it was a raid whatever firmware is in there, whatever hardware and firmware matched well enough where the drive is like it was before. Mm. So it's basically the four drives with a new enclosure. And so that could have been a disaster in a way, but it wasn't because I have these extra chassis. Cool. So that was one thing. <laughs> um, and then kind of around the same time, um, my one of my Drobos, my old Drobos, which like are the original like generation two Drobos, so they're like about ten years old or right, more. Right, right. And I was 
just kind of remarking to myself, these things are really reliable. They never fail. This right. is amazing. They've been running continuously <laughs> for like 10 years. <laughs> and they've been upgraded. Started, they started as 8 gigabytes, and now they're up to 16. And Yeah. Not gigabytes, I mean terabytes. And um, and then this just another one went lights were on, but nobody was on. It wouldn't, it wouldn't power up. Um, so I I ordered. Uh, they don't even make these anymore. I used to be able to order versions of these. Sure. Um, but they don't even make them, or they're not even available anymore. So I just ordered a new five bay version of a USB three version, and I was going okay. I'll probably have to back this up from the original, right? But right. I put the I put the four. Um, it's actually at five bays, but the original Drobo only had four. So I took those four, uh, drives out, put them into the new Drobo and lo and behold, it resurrected itself and it recognized all the data. Oh, so yeah. Isn't that cool? No, that's, uh, I love when things <laughs> like that happen. That, that is yeah. so great, right? Yeah. Yeah. You just pull so, it out, throw it in something new. Oh, there we are. We got life yeah. now. So I have to say bravo Drobo for that one Yeah, because to make your stuff compatible with, new chassis is pretty cool that's um, fabulous yeah i don't know if it went through anything to rebuild them or make them compatible or if it just works what but that's actually really cool um and i i do figure like when it drives about 10 years old you know i think it's lived long enough mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't blame it for breaking right at that point um but another thing happened with the drobo that i just got which is the 5d3 thunderbolt and I was just doing my normal maintenance and stuff. It always seems like these things happen when I'm, you know, plugging things in and unplugging them and stuff. And that's shouldn't happen. Maybe, really. maybe you shouldn't do any more maintenance. That sounds to be uh, I, the problem. I know. <laughs> just leave everything as <laughs> it is. Never... Don't, don't, don't even look <laughs> at it again. <laughs> yeah. Don't even look at it. Yeah. But um, yeah. And so I say, well, why isn't this drive mounting anymore? What's going on? Hmm. And I ch- tested all these different cables and configurations, and I have another Drobo as well hooked up through Thunderbolt, and it was working. So I had a kind of control to test different things, and it just turns out the Thunderbolt's bad on this Drobo. I was able to plug. Uh, when you the say the Thunderbolt was bad, what does that mean? That does that mean it, the jack? What, what what does that mean? It just means that the Thunderbolt. It's probably the Thunderbolt board okay. that's in the in the Drobo. It just is not working okay if, if i plug a thunderbolt cable into it the computer doesn't think that there's thunderbolt attached okay it just says it's there's nothing attached right if i plug the same cable from my imac pro which is thunderbolt and also usb c yep. if i plug that into the usb c port on this drive luckily it's all cool so I, I still have a way to access this drive so um but it looks like the thunderbolt uh board burned out on it which is not good it should never. I mean, I don't think Thunderbolt should ever burn out. I don't think you can. I don't think that's something you can fix, can you? No, it's not something I can personally fix. So I, I emailed Drobo. Luckily, I actually have a really good Drobo Care plan with them, okay. which maybe is not as good as you know they say it is. Right. But um, <laughs> <laughs> when they sell it, it's just the superb thing. But basically, I have to. You know, they told me all these stupid things to try, right? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> unpower, uh, 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 leave off for 30 seconds and plug the power back in. Yeah. Or, or you know, replace your firmware with a new, with a the same exact version of, not firmware, uh, replace your Drobo software, yeah. the stuff that recognizes the drive with a, with a fresh version of right. the software, which is not a new update because I'm up to date, but I'm recognizing other Drobos, right? Yep. Yep. And I'm looking at the, system information which measures things at the hardware level yep you know which is beyond what the drobo software does and it's still not seeing the drive so yep. you know these things that are just 
what tech support does yep. when something goes wrong. Exactly. It's like their little checklist. Yeah, it's, it's the easiest things that usually go wrong. That's all they're doing. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I'm i going to just tell them I tried all that, and they're going to give me an RMA. I'm going to send it back because they can't give me a loaner. Uh-huh. So, right. yeah. So, but this one's only like three to four months old, mm. so I'm a little annoyed with that. Hmm. But hopefully it's not, it was not, just, it's not like the good old ones, right? Not the, like the good old ones who last for like 10 years or something. I hope this is just an anomaly. Yeah. Um, that it's just that this particular Drobo just somehow got burned out. But anyway. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to send it back. I'm going to have to, you know, figure out what to do. Maybe load the, maybe I should get a spare Drobo in case this happens again so I can load in the drives um, into my backup Drobo while this one gets fixed but other than that i'm I'm happy with it it's pretty fast so far up to this point it's been reliable <laughs> <laughs> and like you said an anomaly right that's you it's kind of like the first time something like that's ever occurred so yeah it is it's the first robo that's unexpectedly died yeah. so i guess i'm still happy with them good but anyway um so that's my kind of not really disaster not, not too disastrous horrible. i mean no. like you didn't really lose anything you're just losing a little time yeah but, uh, exactly but i mean but I, th- I think the, the big thing is, because usually what would happen with you, Keith Moreau, is usually like something would go out, you'd try something to recover it, and it just wouldn't be recoverable. This time, you actually were able to put it in a new chassis and, and have it recovered, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I didn't have to spend too much extra time no. trying to recover it. It wasn't like sweating bullets the whole time. Fabulous. It's just like a little inconvenient. So you tell me about your little hardware failure. Okay, so I had a little disaster. Mine's much more minor than yours, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, just as uh, emotionally draining uh, for me. And uh, I am currently using right now on my iMac a third-party wireless keyboard. It's the Logitech K750. Now, why didn't you use the Apple one? Uh, because I love numeric keypads. And okay. I could have gotten the external numeric keypad uh, that Apple has, but uh, I, I do like Logitech products, uh, and I've had this for a number of years now, so it so it's worked really really well for me. Mm-hmm. So I so I use this, and uh, finally it stopped working about a week ago. Stopped working. Did a little research. There's a internal watch battery into uh that sits inside this uh wireless keyboard mm-hmm. and uh so that needs changing every once in a while okay. okay so uh so i ordered a uh rechargeable essentially rechargeable watch battery type um uh like those old like those cf uh, uh flat batteries that you have all over the place oh, yeah. But, so uh, it's, a, it's a rechargeable one. It, but this one's a rechargeable. This one's called okay. MF. That's what I learned through my research. Uh, the CRs are kind of like one-time use. Oh. MFs are rechargeables. Got it. So, uh, so I had to order this. And, 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 you know, my local grocery store does not carry these things. I had to actually order it because they always carry the, the one-off things, right? Okay. okay. So anyway... <laughs> so here's where the disaster comes into play. Logitech has created this little slot where the battery resides, 
that they have, I, I think what they originally had sold the plans to was Fort Knox in order for not uh, letting anyone break into this thing. <laughs> because getting into this battery compartment uh, uh, had me cursing like a sailor and ha- had me going absolutely bananas. It, I, I essentially gouged the living daylights out of the underside of my keyboard because of this stupid <laughs> battery compartment that is impossible to open. I, it, 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 it's too thin to get a screwdriver in there. It's too, uh, 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 you, you have to, <laughs> this, this guy, I actually kind of had to use something as thin as a guitar pick <laughs> to slip it into the hole to, uh, and even that it bent my guitar pick. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is why I actually had to use a nail file to get in there. Right. Oh. So I pried this thing open, and it f- eventually comes out. And literally, it took me about 10 minutes to get this thing open because, you, you, you know, and I think like any of us knows who deal with this kind of stuff, you're really gentle at the beginning. And then by about minute seven, hey, I'm just going to whack the thing against the wall in order to loosen <laughs> this thing up. I don't really care at this point. It just needs to come open. I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to use a jackhammer, whatever it takes. And that's exactly what happened. So after about minute 10, you know, I've got like a butter knife. I've got a pair of needle nose pliers. I've got dynamite ready to go. Just blow this thing up. I put the thing back in, put the new battery in, and there you go. I have life in my Logitech K750 keyboard. Thank you. Wow. I know. Sounds like. And now, do you do you think you could do uh, the battery replacement faster? No, absolutely not. I, no, I well, maybe no. the answer is yes because I probably ruined the clips <laughs> to this battery uh, uh, clip thing. Uh-huh, so, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. so yeah, maybe it'll come out faster because I broke them all off. <laughs> but uh, but otherwise, wow. no. It's, I mean, and it's funny because, of course. How, how do you look to go? Uh, how to change this? You go to YouTube, and you should see. All, I'm looking at all these, uh, uh, all these like demos, and each one that actually shows you how to open up the the case is minimum ten to twelve minutes long. <laughs> video that's crazy it's really really funny the short ones are when they already open and they just show you how to position the battery but it's <sighs> it's really inconvenient so uh, you know logitech at least make it spring loaded at least you know give us a, a notch or something like that that we could stick a tool in there holy mackerel this thing and, and now now the underside of my keyboard is completely ruined because it's all jacked up right now so anyway well, at least it's hidden, right? It's hidden. Uh, it, it, it's hidden, but you know, you, you never feel good taking <laughs> metal to plastic and all this kind of stuff, right? So, yeah. So, and then we were talking about Logic Tech in one of the last segments, and we were just saying on their little chart of profit versus, <laughs> they were saying, hmm, 
we make the battery really hard to remove, they're just going to buy new ones. Right. More more profit for us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, All right. Uh, so, th- so that was my little disaster. And I actually, before we close up this episode, because we're coming here to the end, I, I wanted to touch mm-hmm. upon something that's uh, near and dear to my heart and actually ask you about um, firmware updates. Yes. Okay. Um, so... Uh, as a lot of our listening audience knows, I've picked up a Sigma eighteen to thirty five, mm-hmm. uh, and and also a uh, a new um, Viltrox uh, adapter for right. the GH four. Right. Well, both of these things are upgradable, okay, through mm-hmm. USB and all this kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So my question to you, Keith, is, um, was how it was it was originally should i upgrade firmware to the lens to the adapter does it matter give me your opinion hmm okay and so i'm going li- found- to and i'm going to leave it broad like that right because yeah. you know obviously we know that sure if you're running 1.1 and the firmware is up to 3 should i even jump that that much or you know what's the deal i guess i would research to see what the newest firmware gives you um more than what you have now um i actually i've been burned by not upgrading the firmware in especially in um using these lenses that are adapted because um sigma and the adapter makers are always coming out with new firmware to um improve the performance, especially the autofocus and things like that, <clears throat> that, that are really uh, important. So I've, I've found that it, that I've actually needed some of the updates. So in the case of the adapter, I don't have your particular adapter, but I have Metabones and some others. Right. So I have, I guess the two that, that can be updated that I have are the Metabones as well as the Sigma has, has an adapter too. The thing is you, you need to have, uh, with the Sigmas, you need to have this special dongle <clears throat> that has a, it has a kind of a proprietary kind of like USB connection on it. So you plug their cable into your USB two port. So it's not a you... micro USB cable <clears throat> that I can just use or anything like that. You mean I have to get one of those like desk mount uh, lens adapter things to in order to upgrade my uh, my firmware? On the Sigma, it requires a dongle that it's basically like an EF recept- receptacle. Okay. And and then you, one side, so one side has this EF receptacle, and you essentially mount your lens to it, and then you run this proprietary, not generic USB cable from this uh, dock to your computer, and then. Some I've found that the Mac software is really unreliable for Sigma. Oh, at great. least when I did it, yeah. Oh, great. So I had to use um, PC emulation software to make it work right. And Fabulous. I even called Sigma. Yeah, I called Sigma in New York and complained about it. And the guy was really nice. And he said, oh, well, I've tried here and it seems to work. I said, yeah, I can't seem to get it to work. So I used my um, VMware and it worked perfect with the update. You know, we're only talking about a firmware update. Um, it's, it shouldn't be this hard. I don't know why Sigma made it so difficult to update their stuff. They should have just included a micro USB port on their lenses instead of, yeah. you know, you know, like a lot of other companies do and, yeah. uh, um, 
Metabones has a micro USB port, so they're so does they're my Viltrox. So does yeah, my Viltrox. And, yes, and it's really just as simple as up running an app, and then the app recognizes your 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 adapter. So, but anyway, I have the adapter. If you ever want to update your Sigma things, you can borrow it. I think I have a couple of them. Well, I well thanks. Mistaken. Well, well, yeah. y- you know, the good news for me is that uh, my Sigma actually shipped with the latest software. Okay. So, so well, I was so I was able to check that out. So I didn't have yeah. to upgrade. But you know, uh, I I know that most of this firmware has to do with improved autofocusing or something. Yeah. You know, something of that nature, and that's something I would definitely want to keep up to date. I know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you should. So when there's a new update, you know, just let me know, and we can, you know, okay. meet somewhere. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and then as far as the Viltrux goes, you know, see see what they're saying, and probably I would say update it. Okay. For better performance, but see if it applies to your particular camera. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Good. So good. 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 That's oh, no, my that, advice. That, that that that's good. I I I think uh, the takeaway: always check to see for latest updates. Uh, see if it applies to your camera, and see if it's important enough to to actually make that move. Yep. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Uh, one last thing we should touch on is another trade show coming up. Yep, yep, yep. We're going to be going to uh, IBC, which is in Amsterdam. Great. Starts in mid-September. It lasts about a week. I think we're just going to be there the last couple of days. Oh, you're not the, you're not show. attending the f- the full thing. No, no reason to. And also, just timing wise, doesn't didn't work to to start out the whole week. And there's no reason to. But it's basically like a gigantic European version of NAB. Right. It's really it's really 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 super big, and it's 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 fun. And again, very... and again, I don't think we're really expecting anything still. Is that correct? There's not a lot of, I don't think there's any upcoming announcements that have been rumored or anything like that. I mean, there's not even anything as sexy as uh, Apple's ProRes RAW. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there might be some working versions of the, of the uh, Blackmagic design pocket cinema camera. Um, there might be some, some new DJI products that they've, they've announced, but not yet, yet released. Um, those are kind of the more exciting things. Maybe there'll be some, some more crane news from like Zion or something else, but just in general, pretty boring. Yeah. I, I, but, I would say. Yeah. But, you know, we'll still try to make it inter- interesting. Oh yeah. Um, there's a few. As we always do, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a very Europe, you know, European kind of bent, you know. But there's some kind of international companies that that are common in the U.S. So you know, we'll probably focus on those. Probably won't focus on things that you can only get in Europe. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we'll still try to make it fun. Great. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. So maybe uh, uh, well, of course, Tech Move's going to have a. Uh, a great presence there and so that'll be fabulous and yeah we'll, we'll, we'll be looking forward to those reports and bringing some uh some reviews and highlights of the show and stuff like mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. all yeah. right well uh keith i think that's gonna wrap it up here for uh what is this episode what is this 44 something like that yep yeah episode mm-hmm. 44 well uh ladies and gentlemen we just want to remind you to wake the kids and phone the neighbors to let them know how they can help us here on Tech Move, and that is mm-hmm. uh, by uh, helping us out 
with a little support by going to techmovepodcast.com slash Amazon. And when you buy something there, it gives us a few, um, what, pennies or something like that to mm-hmm. to help uh, feed the uh, mice running around here <laughs> in the uh, in the old studios. Mm-hmm. We also, yes. We also want to remind you folks to subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, leave us some uh, some reviews. We need some six star reviews. I know they don't yes. even have those, but we want to be able to be the first ones to have six star <laughs> reviews, and that way they will. I don't know. Give us some gold records or something like that. Uh, that would be <laughs> fabulous. Uh, we also have that um, presence on Facebook, which is Tech Move Podcast. We're on Twitter at Tech Move Podcast. Listen to us on Stitcher. Listen to us on Player FM. Mm-hmm. And uh, Keith, how do you how do you tell them about the Patreon stuff? Oh, just go to patreon.com slash Tech Move Podcast, and you can essentially donate some money to us it's just a bit patreon is a way for people to give give us money support us so yeah Yeah. so just go to that link the link's on the website it's patreon.com slash podcast. also another social media outlet we now have is instagram oh i didn't know that for crying yeah and we actually have uh, quite a few followers oh that's good yeah thank you everyone who's uh who's following us uh on uh instagram we Really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm really going to try to use. Inst- I think that Instagram is starting to be like the number one way to get to get the word out about things. That's what the kids are telling me. Yeah, that's what so the I'm kids gonna, are telling me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really going to focus on posting a lot on Instagram during IBC. Great. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, polish my Instagram chops. Good. So excellent. Very very good. <laughs> I, I I look forward to that. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us. Keith, thank you very much. Another uh, tremendous episode. And uh, th- thank you so much for all the great advice and all the great stories. And uh, yep. I'm going to go and lower my blood pressure now from all the <laughs> rants that I've had uh, this, say, this particular episode. And, some meditation. Uh, I yeah, I think a little yeah. meditation, a little yoga, something like that yeah. will do me Cam- some good. Chamomile tea? No, that'll be fantastic. That that'll be that'll be great. I, I I can sense the peace coming over me right now. Either that, or I'm gonna go. I don't know, kick some stray animals or something. Just kidding, everyone. I don't really do that. Relax. Jeez, everyone's so sensitive. Anyway, look. Before I get myself in trouble, I have been Rod Louie, and with me is the great and attractive Keith Moreau. Keith, uh, we'll do it again for the next episode, huh? If, yep. we, if we survive, something like that. Let's do it. Fantastic. Do it. All right, everyone, thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Tech Move. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>